Hello friend, and welcome to the Let Me Play Project podcast. We are back again at the end of a week, which means it's time again for me to record this intro and to see how efficiently and quickly I can do it. And each week I think it's going to be a little bit less challenging and stressful, just because it can't be more, I can't be more pressed for time than I have been the past couple of weeks, but each week it, the universe has proven me wrong. It definitely can be more stressful and I definitely can be challenged to find more pockets of time. So let me set the, the scene for, for you for how I'm recording today. It is currently Saturday, March 12th at 10.03 p.m. and I'm aiming for a release of at least the podcast by my call time of work tomorrow, which is 8 in the morning. However, it's also daylight savings, so that is really 7 in the morning, so I'd like to have it out before then. Also, I'm recording this without having eaten dinner because I have been anxiously awaiting a Taco Bell order for two hours now. I ordered through Postmates and it went through four people before I guess Postmates just gave up on it. So now I've switched to DoorDash and I think Derek is on his way. He should be here in like five minutes. So hopefully by the end of this podcast, I will have eaten my Taco Bell and been satiated. So we'll see. Stick around to find out. Also, I'm sitting in a hotel room, which is actually a pretty monumental step because it's the first hotel room that a production that I've worked on has booked for me. So I'm kind of enjoying the 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 lavishness, if you will, and really appreciating this this space so that I don't have to drive overnight about an hour uh, and brave all the Atlanta traffic and also my tiredness. So that's been fun. Very cozy. At the time of this recording, we have filmed three days out here and the first two days were pretty straightforward, but today was super cold and super windy. The wind was very dramatic, insane, and to be honest, it just winded me out, (laughs) so I'm pretty exhausted. Today was also monumental because, like I said, this is the first time production has booked a hotel for me, so that was cool, but it was also the first day that I used a hotel workout room, so that was pretty fun, and it made me feel productive and that I was taking accountability for myself by carving out space and time for me to train and to devote time specifically to me and not to the rest of the crew or to just socializing to please other people or even to even to working on this. So it was nice to to train in a physical way in a space that I wasn't really used to being in. And I had to be a little bit creative with it, with my workout, because uh, a lot of the equipment that I was supposed to use 
on this day was not there, really none of it. Um, it was just, it was pretty minimal, just like a treadmill and some dumbbells and a couple like, uh, weighted balls and things like that. So I kind of just converted everything to dumbbell exercises and, and did it that way, but I felt pretty good about it and I could see evidence that I'm getting stronger and my endurance is going up. So that was, that was cool and I felt good. But regardless of the environment that I'm in and whether the production that I'm on is local to Atlanta or whether we're out of town or whatever the circumstance, it is always a time warp working on these shows because you work 12 plus hour days and you're filming in a different location, whether that be on soundstage or on location every day. So it's a lot of novelty and stimulation. So it's very, very easy to lose track of time and find yourself in this kind of amorphous temporal space that really is uh, a time warp. And that actually coincides perfectly with my guest of the day, Brenton Burgess who is many things, among being one of my friends and fellow collaborators, one of which is that he is the VP of Artistic Direction with a new production company called Time Fray Productions. Meeting Brenton and the rest of Time Fray Productions was another one of those universe looking out for me type things, I think. I was brought to them because they were looking for an editor for their short film called The Bad Man, and several people actually recommended me to apply on their Facebook crew call, and I I have kind of gotten past the point on general Facebook and other sites crew calls where I can be a bit selective about the projects that I deem interesting or want to apply to. But when people tag me in things, I always read them just to, you know, see on the off chance that it's a good fit. And when I read this crew call, it stood out to me because I could tell for whatever reason that it came from a place of artistry and authenticity and just a group of people who wanted to collaborate and to create together, so that felt good. Also, it was very low budget, but it was paid, so that was a good incentive. But I, more so than anything else, I just had this gut feeling telling me that I that this project was for me and that it was something that I should allow into my life and I should work on this project. So like I usually do, I listened to that gut feeling and I sent Sam actually, I think, a message with a couple of clips from projects that I've cut before and uh, just introduced myself and kind of let it go after I sent that message and shortly after they reached out to me and said that they'd like to meet me and so we met over Zoom because it was COVID times and it just seemed like a, a perfect fit, honestly. So from that moment on, I, 
I was and am actually still involved with the with the creation of this this project, the Batman, not to be confused with the Batman, which coincidentally just came out uh, last week. But it's been good and honestly really refreshing. Typically, I I tend to get frustrated when projects go on and on and on because we have been working on it for over a year now, which you'll hear us alluding to and making fun of a little bit in in the podcast. But this year of chipping away at it has been important selfishly, I guess, for me because it has been a huge opportunity for me to practice and get back in tune with my creativity and lots of different capacities. So the act of creating a film is always going to be creative to some degree, but this project specifically had added challenges of budget, and then also we wound up throwing away most of the script when we got into post-production, so then it became a very collaborative and creative, innately, effort between Brenton and I to sort of rewrite and retell the story with the footage that we had and what was shot. So that was a fun endeavor. And also now that we are sort of reached the end of post-production, it's been a lot of just figuring out what is right for this specific project. Right in terms of color grading and score and even visual effects, which I, at this moment, I'm planning to do them, but we'll see. But yeah, it's been, it's been a year of working on and off of this project and chipping away at the, the marble that I can see under it. And also it's been a year of intermittent but consistent encouragement from all of Time Free Productions, honestly, but from Brenton specifically because he and I have had the most collaboration. What I've really appreciated about Brenton in all of our collaborative moments, whether that was on Zoom or in person or over the phone, is that he sees me as more than just a technician or a button pusher or or a way to just move matter from one person to the next or from one phase to another, which is sort of the the box that I put myself in last year in terms of post-production. So I've actually had to retrain my, my brain a little bit in working with him because he is a director and he's not a boss. He's a collaborator and not an administrator. So it's been really refreshing and I've really enjoyed leaning back into that creativity and being able to try expressing myself through that, through the bad man. And I hope that that continues through many more productions together. So With all of that context about my wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey schedule and my production experience and my suspenseful waiting for Taco Bell and a little bit about Brenton and creativity, I'd like to invite you to take a listen. I can't say a little listen because this one is quite long. Brenton has this amazing ability to 
blab and to talk and to share ideas and he's very excitable which I love but uh it can go on and on and on so I I capped it when I could but it um it wound up being a pretty a lengthy one so take it in doses if you need to um, but it's a, it's a really engaging and riveting conversation. I encourage you to maybe get out a sheet of paper or like have your phone notes handy or something. Cause he's constantly throwing out references to pieces of art or to music or to authors or pop culture, just a whole bunch of, a whole wealth of information and things that might be worth your while to, to check out. I also want to throw out a quick disclaimer that unfortunately his microphone has a little bit of popping throughout, so it's not your headphones or your computer or anything that is making the crackling sound. It is indeed one of my microphones, and this podcast and also the next one and perhaps the one after that until I get it replaced will have the crackling in it. It's not too overbearing, so I think you'll be able to get used to it. So maybe thinking of it as a fireplace or something will just add to the ambiance. So on that note, I think we'll just go ahead and get the fire going. See you on the other side. Okay, Brenton. Okay. We're just going to get right into it. Let's get right into it then. Are you a creative person? Well, I mean, I think everyone's a creative person. Okay. I mean, I don't think, you know, it's interesting because I've, I've, I have given this some thought, but you know, my mother was a um, remarkable woman. It was a, was a, you know, when she went to study voice in France and all this kind of stuff, became a music teacher because she'd met some guy. Uh, and um, one of the things she used to say is, you know, Anybody can make music, and it was funny because at her funeral I gave her a eulogy, because why not? And I, uh, it has to be performance art. Um, so I had everybody just raise up their hand and come down on their on their lap, and I said, okay. My mother would say, you just made music, and so that in itself is a, an act of creativity in any way she performs. So everybody's creative. Mm. It's just what level of creativity are you? It doesn't mean mm. you're any good, uh, and that's another subset we could talk about for six and a half hours of course i could talk about anything for six and a half hours i know you can and i mean you want to talk about snails i can talk about that for six and a half hours i mean probably not on this podcast if but you ever come up with snails as a topic let me yeah. know yeah 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 um, it would have to be some sort of like idea like pace or something uh escargot uh escargot. yeah it could be a food yeah. thing although you know it's interesting as a vegetarian can I eat escargot? I don't know the answer to that. There is a lot of morality involved. I decided in no. I decided it's 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 uh, it's somewhat of a sentient being, and so yeah. I, I, I yeah. decided a, a no on that. Yeah. Well, I commend you for that. I 
don't think that I personally would eat a snail because they are adorable. The, oh, but they're actually really tasty too. When I used to eat escargot, and I was, I was like, I don't know about that, but I was, uh, I don't remember where I was, but I had my first escargot and I was like, what have I been missing all my life? I was like seven, but still. <laughs> well, don't they put a lot of butter? They on do. It? It's like butter and, and other things and, yeah. and, you know, filet mignon and, 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 uh, and bourbon and I don't know I don't know what's all in this card I don't remember but nevertheless it's really good stuff but that's back to your original question I can't right. let, you already let me get off topic why are you doing that but yeah I mean everyone's creative I mean so am I good at it uh, that's not really for me to decide of course if you ask me of course I'm good at it because I have an ego but um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, every act is creative. Everything can be creative. Even people who are doing needlepoints, I mean, that's a creative act right there. And that makes them creative. It gives them creativity. Now, I don't really ever want to do needlepoint. And there's different levels of creativity. There's different types of creativity. And, I mean, I think someone, I don't remember who it was, in neuroscience has identified four different levels of creativity, four different types of creativity. Mm. I don't remember what they are. Well, I was about to ask you. Well, I mean, I shouldn't have brought that up then, should I? I mean, there's there's emotional creativity. There's uh, spontaneous creativity. There yeah. is uh, the other two that I don't remember. Uh, I but, feel maybe is one is one related to sort of like left brained or more logical. No, I I, I I don't I don't I don't know. Okay. And because I, I don't remember honestly, because right. that's uh, believe it or not, I know it's going to be shocking to you. That's mm. one of the many things I just haven't sit around uh, reading. Mm. I could talk to you about Camus if you want, or so, uh, but. Uh, uh, not gonna, yeah. Dostoevsky, actually. Have you ever read Notes from Underground? No, I haven't. Yeah, I mean, it's short. It's like like six pages. Oh, um, Well, maybe a little longer, but still. Um, My it's, limit is like eight. It's all in Russian, too. Oh, um, gosh. No, uh, they actually have translated it. I know it's hard to believe. Wow. But no, I mean, it's... Uh, Back in college, my first existentialist uh, class, that was the first thing we read, was Dostoevsky's Notes from Underground. It's actually a oh, brilliant cool. little book, but anyway. Um... And I always want to put an F in Dostoevsky. I don't know why. Mm. I always want to spell it with an F and say it, but there's no F in it. Where do you want to put the F? It, random. <laughs> oh, just, just any time. Okay, matter. gotcha. No, but but but, but creativity. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, am I creative? I don't. I, don't, I mean, I, I think we all have the capability of being creative, even if you. You know, think about it for a second. If you have to figure out, that was one of the things, I don't remember how they uh, worded it, but when you have to figure out something to kind of plug in, a, 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 a fix a shower. Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you have to be creative and do that. Or if you, yeah. you know, the Rube Goldberg contraptions that we all come up with from time to time to fix something. Right. Or, or problem solving, that's what it is. Problem solving is part of that too. I mean, if you, you, you have to be creative sometimes to solve a problem. As a matter of fact, that's all problem solving is, the art of creativity. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, from a, from a director's standpoint... Which I don't know if you knew that or not. I'm a director. Um, <laughs> I hadn't heard. I hadn't heard. But uh, um, you know, from a director's standpoint, obviously, there's um, problem solving is half of your battle mm. because no matter how much you plan and you should plan, I mean that's part of being a good creative. But no matter how much you plan, there's always going to be something that happens, uh, and so you have to come up with a problem, especially when you have a lower budget. Mm -hmm. If you have eighteen billion dollars, it's easier to solve a problem. When you have eighteen dollars and thirty-seven cents in your budget, it becomes you have to be extraordinarily creative, and quite frankly, it can be kind of fun to do that. So, mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're but you're just as creative as I am, if not more so. Uh, I mean, look at what you've done. You know, you, you're you're creating something right now. This is an act of creativity. Yeah. That you're doing. You've you, and you've you've gone through the process of, of creating something, and you know th this is creativity. 
It is. It's it also is. probably relatively boring that I'm talking, but still, you get the point. <laughs> no, you. Uh, it's funny because you, uh, in my little brainstorm map here, you. I think you hit all of the things already. So oh, that are was we done? Great okay, podcast. let's go. <laughs> I'm gonna go get some coffee because somebody spilled mine earlier. Oh gosh, man, you have to watch people. I can't believe they did that either. Yeah, how rude. And they didn't even put the lid back on. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I'm gonna have my last sip of uh, oh, coffee man. here. Oh man! And you know what? So I, I don't go to Starbucks often. Yeah. Because obviously, living in New York, there's eight billion options. There's eight billion options in Atlanta too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's eight billion options, and I have a lovely little Italian cafe that's that's staffed with all Albanians. Don't ask. But anyway, um, great people, wonderful human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of New York is full of wonderful human beings. So, but anyway, oh, it's a great place. But so, but when I go to Starbucks, I only really like their blonde. Because everything else tastes really burned to me. Yeah. Starbucks is great. It's I'm not going to by any means trash Starbucks. I'm not going to say anything good or bad about any company because, you know, I'm a politician. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, I usually get the blonde. And this is mm-hmm. the first time they've had blonde in, like, of course, I haven't, I've gone to Starbucks like five times in the past three years. But still, that I've, because uh, I usually only have darker pike. Mm-hmm. And this was blonde, and I was really looking forward to having this blonde. Except now it's all over the carpet, so. Well, We've got the smell. <laughs> it is a lovely odor. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, mm-hmm. I, 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 I digress. I know. It's shocking. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, sorry for your coffee. Somehow um, I'm going to survive this. I think, I think you'll be okay. I also okay. probably won't let you live this down for quite a while. That's fine. I would only hope that that would be the case. No, it has to be. Um, yeah, you said a lot of really interesting things. One of the things that stuck out was that on smaller projects and smaller creative works, a lot of the time you have to be, uh, there's just a need and a necessity for being more creative. Mm-hmm. And I found that for myself on these smaller projects, I find that to be kind of a more fulfilling thing. Like I've worked on kind of a variety of shows by this point, some really big with a lot of uh with a lot of funding in them and some like you know all the way down to the no budget like shoestring you know crew uh skeleton crew all types of stuff and I've found that for myself the more time um the more time I get to spend being creative and actually like problem solving and putting things together and collaborating has been on these smaller projects because everybody needs to kind of work together. Um, and I was wondering if that's been similar for you. I know you kind of work in different. Yeah, mediums. no, abs- absolutely. I mean, um, first off, did you? I mean, are you? Do you like puzzles? Do you do puzzles? Oh, I love puzzles. Yeah, so it's a problem solving yeah. activity yeah. at that point. And so what you're doing is you're basically putting a puzzle together. Yeah. I'm not as fond of puzzles per se because I don't they're kind of tedious and I don't see the purpose to them at the end right but with yeah. this there's a purpose and mm-hmm. you're doing them so absolutely it's going to be you know the, the 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 lower the budget the more creative you have to be to, to get quality you can go out and do crap mm-hmm. and a lot of people do do crap do, mm-hmm. do that sounds wrong but mm-hmm. you get the point <laughs> a lot of people go out there and and, and 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 they just do what they always do and they don't get that creativity and that's it that's you know, that's part of, of I think, of A, what do you want to do and what do you want to accomplish, what your work ethic, and, you know, what do you want to put on stage or on film or on uh, you know, record or what, you know, what do you want to do? You don't have an extraordinarily high budget for this podcast right now, 
I mean, not right now. No, no. And, but you're still being creative and coming up with solutions to, to, to solve your problem. Yeah. And it's kind of fun to do that, right? Oh, super yeah. fun. I don't know if, if, if rewarding or, or I don't remember the specific word you said because it was so long ago. It was almost 30 seconds ago. Fulfilling. Fulfilling, that's the word. I don't know if yeah. fulfilling is the right word because I don't really know if I understand that. But uh-huh. but the but the reality is is that, yeah, it can be, there's, there's definitely a rush of adrenaline. Do not get me wrong. I really like and would love to have a $100 million budget to do something with. Mm-hmm. But even when you have that $100 million budget, you still are going to have to be creative. I mm-hmm. mean, because you still have to get under budget. You really want to get under budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you have to come up with, with all these ideas. And the secret to doing that is recognizing that you're not the only genius in the room. I think you've heard me say this. I'm a genius, in all modesty, but I'm not the only genius. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have to surround yourself with a group of people who are equally as passionate about the project and equally as creative to use the 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 the, the phrase that we're or the, the word, word. Of the day. it's a word um, it is a word good job <laughs> progress but uh you know it's 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 important that you surround yourself with great people that's mm-hmm. the secret to anything when yeah. it comes to well anything really but specifically when it comes to you know my world which is theater and film and and and, and, and less so with music although you know music is important I also suck at writing music, so let's be clear on that. But um, um, doesn't mean I don't try. But uh, the, the 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 which is the key to creativity is trying. I mean, yeah. you don't try, you don't do anything. But yeah, yeah but surrounding yourself with the creative uh, people is entrusting those people and creating an environment where they can also help you solve that problem. And it, it, you, I mean, you've seen it. Oh, I've seen it. You see how people will just. Re- you know, when you when you empower people to be brilliant and let them be brilliant and let them shine, 90% of the time, they're going to rise to the uh, occasion. The other 10% of the time, uh, they'll be, you know, having a migraine or something. I don't know. But anyway. Well, that's usually me. Right. Congrats. Yeah. Which, which we've talked about your migraines before. We have. We have. Which was actually, but you even used that experience to create something, if I must say, that is, is somewhat a brilliant idea. Oh, well, thanks. Well, I, I haven't do. done it yet, but... But, but, do, but you, you get the concept. But I know what we're going to do. Yeah, and so, which by the way, time's ticking around. But, <laughs> but, but fundamentally though, I mean, that's, that is the, um, um, you know, the key is the people. Is, is if, and, and you surround yourself with, with people and let their creativity just fly. And that's, I've, I've been extraordinarily fortunate to be around these people. I also think that creativity is a magnet and attracts other creatives. Mm. I mean, if you think about historically, um, a lot of artists used to clump together in in in, in uh, communes, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Uh, Klimt being one of the more famous ones. Now, Klimt obviously had other alternative things too, because he was a free love guy. But still, um, great artist, one of my faves. Um, <laughs> But if if you look at the creativity, it it it, it does attract, and it, then it becomes a, a snowball effect because if if you're creative and suddenly it says, hey, I can be creative, so there's an energy, if you will, yeah, that comes from that. So, as a director, and if you've worked with me in that format, um, I, I I try and provide that energy and give that energy and and allow people to 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 you know be collaborative and be brilliant and. Give people the opportunity to be brilliant, and they usually will. Mm-hmm. Unless they're, you know, I almost said Republicans. Uh, <laughs> well, you just said. <laughs> Oops. No, but, you know, you get the point. Yeah, uh, no, I think that's exactly right. I was um, I was really uh, considering create creativity, and I think that in some ways it is about the 
transaction or um, movement of of energy, like between people and uh, and between even uh, like harnessing ideas and expressing them either through yourself and through others. So I think that you know having to uh, to support everyone and encourage everyone that you're working with is just only innate. Well, let me ask you this though. So let's let's say for example that come, someone comes to you with an idea. Have you ever said, "Okay, I get that. So now what if we tried this this and this?" Does that come do you do that from time to time? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Be- for sure. Because because they, they're offering you that opportunity to, to be, now they may not always take it, yeah. but when someone comes to you with a creative idea or with any idea, your natural instinct is to say, okay, what can I do to make this even better? Yeah, it's what can a I yes do to be, and. Yeah, it's a thank you improv. Yeah. So, um, don't you say but to me. But, I won't. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, it's, you're right. It's, 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 I don't want to call it transactional because I, I don't like the concept of transactional. I don't either. I, don't I think either. it is more of a sharing. And, sharing is much better. And when you share the opportunity to be creative with people, they will rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the, the project that we have worked on so far together, I mean, I thought that there was a lot of great energy that was coming as far as the creativity goes because whether it be you or whether it be our cinematographer or whether it be um, uh, tree number four on the left, I mean, whoever, it, it, you know, uh, our PAs came with ideas for us. And, yeah. and, and, yeah. and you know, the, the key to that, though, is when you're in a leadership position, mm-hmm. which somehow I got thrust into that. I don't know how that happened. But <laughs> when I was, you know, as a director or as a lesser degree as a producer, you have to know, you have to know when to take that. And, or as a writer, for example, it's a, a perfect example. We're going through the writing process, or we just finished the writing process for this film. We're getting ready to film in Hawaii, hopefully. Uh, by the way, if you have uh, a few hundred thousand dollars you want to give us for the project, just let me know. Um, I don't, but I can give you my best wishes. Okay, that's worth a lot. Yeah. Um, not as worth as much as the couple hundred thousand dollars. Um, well, to me it is. <laughs> which I appreciate, but unfortunately it's hard to pay people with that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I could go to the, you know, I could go to the actors and say, hey, we're going to pay you with best wishes, but they're Sarah's, and so they might get more traction with that, I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, but no, I mean, um, obviously, um, in the writing process, it's similar because you have to know when to take feedback and apply it and then when to say, that's a beautiful idea, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, right. you know, you have to be able to, to stay true to your vision but not be such a tyrant that no one else can have an idea. Now, there are other people who work differently. So this isn't this isn't the only way to do things. I mean, there are people who are very specific. I mean, Harold Prince, from what I understood, was very adamant about this. We're doing it this way, and that's a lovely idea. Shut up. Uh, now, again, Harold Prince obviously was a genius and came up with some of the most incredible things, Phantom, et cetera. Um, but, um, and I, again, that's what I have heard. I don't know that firsthand, let me be clear. But, in, in, you know, I don't work that way. I work very collaboratively, and I think a lot of people that I work with tend to as well. And so knowing when to take the advice and knowing when to, 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 to take the input and apply it and then when to take the input and say, that's a great idea, it's just not going to work for this, is important. And you have to know what your vision is. You have to set that vision. You have to understand that vision. You have to be able to communicate that vision to people. And then you have to be able to hold true to the vision. When things come in that are great, ideas that fit within your vision – then you can apply it if it works. If it, now, there's also situations, I'm going to give you a, a, an example. I, we, I did a play, oh, a lot of, long time ago, uh, several years ago, five, six years ago now. And um, it was Rock of Ages. And it was a, uh, and not the one on Broadway or off-Broadway, let's be clear. It was a regional down here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But we, uh, uh, I had a very specific idea for one of the characters, Stacy Jacks. I wanted Stacy to be a very overweight kind of uh, washed up character, which is my vision of my idea. And people came into audition, and um, one guy came to audition, and he was fit nothing like the idea. He was uh, uh, young and uh, just a, a great looking guy, great guy too. Uh, Brandon's phenomenal guy. He's doing some wonderful things now. Can't say enough good stuff about Brandon Smith. Um, but he came in audition and it was just, you know, wasn't the issue. The, 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 uh, the, the guy we ha- I had in mind. My protege, who was my, uh, uh, I think she was my assistant director for that one, she, she um, said, no, it's got to be Brandon. I'm like, I just, it doesn't fit the, the idea. She said, no, it's going to be Brandon. Uh, one of the lessons I learned is always listen to her, by the way. Okay. Uh, um, especially when it comes to casting, although she's doing stage management now. But um, sure. so she said, Every girl in the audience is going to just love watching Brandon. Now, she said it in some somewhat more colorful things, because usually she yells at me and stabs me in the back with a knife. Mm. Uh, in all of the right ways, let me be clear. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. No, no she's phenomenal. She's, she's, uh, she, she, she's one of the few people that will say, you're, you're, a, you're an idiot and mean it. Uh, and I appreciate that. I need that. You, know, you want people to fight back with you, and she's great at that. And she, she always, again, you just don't argue with her, because she's usually right. But... <laughs> Uh, so I, what I did for the audition is rather than watch him for the callback, I just turned around and well, there were a few there were a few folks in the house uh, at the audition and I just turned around and watched them, and they were all on the edge of their seat glued to what he was doing and it changed my idea so I had to alter that vision a little bit based on that but it, it turned out to be a better show because of that and so you have to know. It still didn't affect the complete vision of the show, mm-hmm. but it affected the vision of that character and how it related to all the other characters and all this other stuff. And so, you know, it's it, it, that that's all part of the creative process. Yeah. And as somebody who uh, tends to either direct or write, or I'm an acting coach too, although now I'm in the producing world and I really do not want to be a producer. <laughs> I just want to be the creative genius out there, you know, writing and... Yeah. And, but that's just not the real world. That's yeah. not the world we live in, unfortunately. unfortunately things do have to be produced. Well, I mean, and especially the way we're trying to do things because, right. you know, it can't be about ego, first off. Um, I mean, there's a lot of folks, if you want to get it done, you have to know when to, uh, to turn your ego off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, however, there's a little ego in here in the fact that, I, you know, I don't want to lose control of everything that we're doing and so we're trying to do stuff in an independent way. Could we go to studios and maybe sell these scripts? Maybe. Mm-hmm. And maybe we will at some point, but right now we're trying to build some credibility with our company. We're trying to build some credibility with who we are, and this is a way to do it. I want to keep some control over this. I'm not directing this uh, feature because it's just not mine to direct. Yeah. Um, even though I wrote it, but still, it's 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 not mine to direct because uh, it's uh, it, it it needs to be a a, a female and, and preferably a person of color directing this piece. Um, and, uh, you know, we, it goes back to the creativity thing. You know, I, I, I wrote a script, which, because all human emotions, for the most part, are the same. Um, and we all go through the same struggles, but there's, there's cultural specific things that I, I don't have a freaking clue. And I don't need to pretend like I have a clue. I don't need to be, you know, the, the stereotypical, uh, well, dude <laughs> who thinks he knows everything, even though I do think I know everything. But... <laughs> And I probably do, but yeah, it's a detail. It's, yeah. it's a detail, but no, but the, but but the but the the culture. I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't want to appropriate a culture, obviously, and I also don't want to. A perfect example. I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and we were. I was having a conversation. You notice I'm just looking at the wall there. Uh, I was having the conversation. <laughs> 
about um, um, when you're when you are in uh, watching something. And so there was there was something I was watching the other day that was about Atlanta. And of course, I'm from Atlanta. I live in New York now and ready to get back. But uh, um, uh, you know, from Atlanta, and they're, they're, they're dropping all these Atlanta and Georgia references, which I'm like, that's a great try, guys. But there's zero context. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're talking about the varsity as a fine dining restaurant or something like that. Oh, uh, which, yeah. I mean, they weren't. That's just, that's just an example. And, and so, you know, you, you get, you've got to be aware. So, obviously, with, with, with the Hawaiian culture, we've, uh, we have cultural liaisons, and it's very important for me and for us to make sure that we are... Uh, accurately portraying Hawaii and doing service to the people of Hawaii and Hawaii in general because this is a Hawaiian thing. So if we were doing this in Brazil, obviously I'm not Brazilian. I know a lot about Brazil, mm-hmm. but there's actually a great line in, I think, uh, uh, I don't know if it was improv or if uh, uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote it, but it's in Goodwill Hunting. And, and uh, Robin Williams is talking to Matt Damon's character at the time, talking about you know, you can mention, you you can tell me every little thing about the Vatican. You can tell me exactly, you know, the the di- dimensions of the Sistine Chapel. You can what paintings are on there, what paint Michelangelo used. You know how he did it. What does it smell like? Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to. What does what does Hawaii smell like? And just so you know, it smells lovely. Oh, that's good. Yeah, uh, I but, would think it would be uh, like kind of humid and tropical and then a little bit of ash perhaps from the distant I, volcanoes uh well they're not that distant uh <laughs> but they're, they're actually actively on the island on, on the big island but um uh it, it's it's like you, you, you gotta go to hawaii it's a great place um even though i never saw the i saw the ocean never got in the ocean um i was about to say how did you not see the ocean well i saw it okay. I, cl- I closed my eyes the whole time yeah, right <laughs> Um, just wondering. It's, it's the way I direct. I usually try and close my eyes and just hope. Uh, but, well, you know, you get that that auditory. Yeah, and yeah. look, if you've seen a lot of my work, you probably thought my eyes were closed. Uh, so, <laughs> no, but but you know, again, the whole concept is, you, you, the, 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 how does it smell? And that's just what are the really the nuances and the details. You can't tell if you haven't been to the to to, to, to the Sistine Chapel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can say that somebody told you it smells moldy. Or whatever, but that's still you still don't really know, and that's why it's important to make sure that you bring in your in, in to, there's some authenticity to your creativity, mm-hmm. and you know that's why you bring the cultural liaisons in and the, and, and I don't even want to call them I call them co-creators because they're helping yeah. us create this world. Yeah. And again, in, in, in the world I work in, you, in, in any art, you're creating a world. Mm-hmm. You create it's it's world creation. Whether it be a play, whether it be a book, whether it be a movie, whether it be a uh, a song, it's still you're creating this world. I mean, you, you know, Britney creates creates a world when she writes a song. Billie Eilish creates a world when she writes a song. Very talented that Billie Eilish. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's it they're creating worlds. Uh, David uh, Michelangelo. I mean, it's still a world that he created. It's a very you know compact one, but still. You're creating worlds when you create, and, and so e- even even to a degree, and this is maybe a bit of a stretch, but if you're fixing that shower and you're having to create some room, you're still creating a world of some sort. It's yeah. a very compact world and a very specific world, but you're still creating something. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and maybe that's the definition of creativity is a world creation. I don't know. It's world creation and problem solving and collaboration and all sorts of things. Wait, so why are you asking me this? You know all the answers. <laughs> because I want to I want to hear I I really enjoy hearing where people's minds go. 
you don't really want to know everywhere my mind goes because t- <laughs> we'll, we'll be somewhere in, 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 in like 15th century France if you don't watch it soon. So, so. <laughs> well, that's, that sounds like a fun place to be in, potentially. Depending I don't think you, you would have a lot of fun in 15th century France. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably, actually. Um, maybe in the countryside, distant. Um, but going back to that... You would, you would want to bring some modern conveniences back, though. Like yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll just grab a piece of charcoal. I think that's what people were using or something. That was effective. Yeah. yeah anyway. <laughs> Super effective. Um, that was a really interesting point about the kind of olfactory, uh, like, sensory stuff, because I have noticed that... Um, I get a really, I think everybody does, but the sense of nostalgia is really strong, like connected to that. Mm-hmm. And the time that I, uh, the most recent time that I've noticed it was when uh, just this past October when my sister and I uh, were in London mm-hmm. and I hadn't been in London since 2015 or or in any of Europe. And as soon as we got off the plane and we're in Heathrow, I just like breathed in the air and I was like, oh my gosh, it smells like London. Yeah. And it's amazing. I mean, I, I mean, obviously I was in New York a week ago and we'll be, you know, I go back on Wednesday, but um, you get off the plane in New yeah. York and, and well, you get off the plane, depends on which airport you smell. But anyway, right. I don't know which, I don't remember where I'm flying into, but anyway, when you hit the city, when you hit Manhattan, you know, it's Manhattan. Yeah. You could close your eyes and your ears, and you could smell that it's Manhattan. And, you know, a lot of people, it, it, New York's such a great town, and people have uh, um, different opinions of New York, obviously. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have really negative opinions of New York who have never been there, uh, which I find interesting because there's a stereotype that we all have. But that's just like the South. Again, I'm a Southerner uh, originally, and, you know, the, the Southerners have a stereotype that doesn't always fit. I do not fit the stereotype of a Southerner. Um. The South has a lot, there's a lot of beautiful things about the South. There's a lot of beautiful things about New York. And that's the thing. And this is part of creativity, too, I think, is that you can find beauty anywhere. Yeah, there's a really, I find that creative people or people who, since anybody can be creative. As we've established. As we've established. Going well, at least I established. You may not agree, but that's <laughs> um, People who are more in tune with their creativity. I think, foster a, a wider openness and appreciation and ability to find the creativity in something. Well, you know, it's interesting because one of my, um, I guess she's a former acting student. I guess she's still an acting She's a student, anyway. Uh, she's, she's a person. Sure. Um, <laughs> she's an actor. I don't count those people. Kidding. <laughs> Ish. Uh, no, she's, she's, she's uh, extraordinarily talented, very phenomenal uh, person. Uh, she's finishing up her BFA right now and you know, she's looking for, because she always wants to grow and be better and better, which is the, and she's going to do great things. I mean, I've been very fortunate that a lot of the folks I worked with really young, they're doing incredible things now. And she's, she's going to be doing them soon. Uh, And, you know, I'm just like, okay, so she wants to, she had to do a a student film for a class that she was doing. And and she, you know, she, given her resources and her experience, she did a really nice job. But then I said, okay, because this was not the time to do it, but now that it's done, I said, I'm going to challenge her. And I did. And I challenged her to find things, everyday things that you can turn into something dramatic and, and cinematic. And it can be, I mean, and she, she did a great job. She was, at her, she was getting, her, she getting her hair done. Mm-hmm. And she just turned the, her phone around and took pictures of the row of, of empty uh, chairs, which, you know, 
and, and, and some people are going to say, well, that's mundane. And yeah, sure, it's mundane, but she created something out of it. And so then I challenged her. I said, okay, great. Now look at it from a different angle. Mm. And then look at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. And look at it from a so, and, and, and that's the beauty of those row of chairs. Every, t- every angle that you have, every way that you look at it tells a different story. Yeah. And, or a story a different way. It mm-hmm. could be the same story. And the, the, the idea there is to find that beauty, that that art in everything. You could go into a dump and there's lots of art there. It, you, it, I mean, I don't want to really go into a dump because speaking of olfactory, uh, and, and just get your tetanus shot if you do. But nevertheless, um, you can find the way the... The art, or the way the art, the way the garbage is piled, and and, and, and and over here, we do it. We do it with kids today. Look at the clouds. What do you see? Mm-hmm. That's the same thing. Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing about it is, not only is there beauty everything. There's also, by the way, it's very hard for me to be sitting down right now. <laughs> I can tell. Uh, well, I can tell. The people who have worked with me a lot, they know that I, um, I mean, I, I, they have to stay in pretty far away from me because I'm likely to just smack them up by by accident with the way I move my hands. And I move, I, I walk a lot. But anyway. Well, I'm the same way. Whenever I have a phone call, I'm usually pacing or on a walk the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the creative energy. It just needs to get out and do something. Yeah, I think it's... The, I think it's the coffee. Um, yeah. Well, I'm surprised because you didn't have. Very I'm absorbing much of it. it from the carpet right now. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. You, I you, see. When you turned your head, I was literally down there. But um, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I missed that. Uh, if you if I turn my head the other way, you can see like a little brown spot. Got there. it. Yeah. Got uh, it. But um, <laughs> the, 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 as, as as well as beauty everywhere. There's also beautiful people everywhere, and and I don't mean beauty as far as appearance uh i mean beautiful people as in they're just wonderful human beings and if you give opportunity people the opportunity to be great people and creative people and wonderful people they'll do it so you know i i don't don't, a lot of it is just opportunity that doesn't mean they're good at what they do Hmm. you could do needlepoint all day long and you could it could look like ridiculousness it's still a creative art and and you still need to applaud them and create and, and allow them to do that it's just whether they're going to you know at what level do you are they going to be a professional needle pointer what is, what is a needle pointer what is the actual a needle, needle point, point artist i don't yeah, know yeah let's go with that um <laughs> just add artist to anything. well so garbage why i like i mean mm-hmm. um so I like that you said that you need to encourage mm-hmm. somebody when they're creating at any point mm-hmm. in their skill level. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you think you need? Well, them? there's a lot of reasons. I mean, that's that uh, that's a whole seven hour conversation right there too. So, but there's a lot of reasons. So uh, let's let's take it from the, the 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 most blatantly obvious. Okay. And one that is that. We stifle the arts when you're younger right now. I mean, you, you yeah, you'll let your daughter take piano or, or, or do ballet, which more boys should be doing ballet. Just Oh, so absolutely. You know. I think everybody should do a little ballet. Uh, and, and I should do as little as possible. But um, <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, uh, or, and, and, or you might, but we're such a, we're, we're driven so differently, specifically in this country. And a lot of it is, you know, a reality that not everybody makes it. But, you know, not everybody makes it as an attorney. Not everybody makes it as an accountant. Somebody's got to be to, to make it. Why not you? Mm-hmm. And you, at some point, you have to be honest with somebody. If they just don't have the skill set, you have to, uh, you know, say, you know, you need to keep creating, but maybe you need to have another profession and do this on the side or, or, or whatever. Because you don't want to stifle the creativity. Because creativity, 
is such a beautiful thing. Art is such a beautiful thing. And anybody who's creating something is bringing something positive to the world. Unless you're creating like a doomsday machine or something along those lines. But um, in that way, you probably should not encourage them. Just, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, so, so in, 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 in the more ob- obvious sense, is, crea- is, uh, is fostering people's creativity leads to something extraordinary. For them specifically, and for the world as a whole, the world's a lot better place because people have been creative. Yeah. I mean, imagine the world without Mozart. Imagine. I, the, I cannot. No. I cannot. You can't imagine the world without Beethoven. Interesting too, because uh, I don't know if I created this or if I heard this somewhere, but it's interesting because of. Oh, I'm moving. Uh, but <laughs> if 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 you look at Mozart and listen to him, if you look at him, then you're looking at a corpse. But if you listen to him, right. <laughs> Um, it's like a soft kiss on the cheek, with the exception of maybe Don Giovanni and, and his requiem. But if you if you, it's like a little soft kiss on the cheek, and they they go, and you like, oh, that was sweet, brilliant, yeah, but sweet. Then if you listen to Beethoven, it's like he comes and slaps you upside the head and oh, says, he really does. "Listen to me," and and and, and so, but, but they're both equally beautiful and both equally brilliant, right? So, um, imagine the world without them. Imagine the world without Andrew Lloyd Webber. I can't. Oh my God, I cannot. No. <laughs> Because it would suck. <laughs> it would be horrible. Um, it would not be a life worth living. No. I mean, but imagine the world without Michelangelo or, or Da Vinci. Yeah. Or imagine the world without, uh, uh, with, without uh, the Wright brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I, it would take a lot longer for me to get here. It really would. And so all that is creativity. Yeah. Creati- uh, by fostering that creativity and by fostering people's natural... And in, in training is so important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which reminds me of a funny story, but uh, uh, training—you know—that's what's what fostering is. It's not just yeah, go be creative. It's okay. You have a talent here, and you love doing it. You can sing. Let's get you in voice lessons. Good voice lessons. You okay? You like acting. You have a little bit of uh, talent here. Let's get you in acting lessons. Let's get you in dance lessons. Let's get you learning how to play the piano. Let's teach music theory to you. Mm-hmm. You can sculpt. Is that a word? Yeah. That's a word. Sounds like a weird word. Um, well, it's not very, it's not used much. I, I use a lot of not used much words. Um, <laughs> plethora. One of my favorite words. Oh, great word. Oh, it's a great word. Great word. Virtual plethora. You put them together, what a great word. Oh, wow. That's, that's yeah. an idea. Oh, it really, it, it, a virtual cape fool. But, <laughs> uh, so, so, I mean, you know, by doing that, so many parents today are like, well, you're never going to make it. You know, you need to do something safe. And honestly, my parents were, were extraordinarily supportive, but I, I, you know, I took that mindset. I'm going to be very safe. And I, I lost a lot of time. Something we don't get back. Right. Something you don't know when you're 18. You don't get the time back. Uh, and now that I'm 20, thank you. you learned we a couple of things. Uh, yeah, two years. Uh, 20. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, you know, but by parents want to go the safer and I understand it they want to protect their children they want to make sure their children have great lives because it can be a struggle to be an artist can be a struggle financially and you have to find different ways to do things you have to be creative to, to be able to do it and and I get it and I understand it but again someone's got to make it yeah. why not you yeah and I've I've been very fortunate that a lot of the folks that I've worked with are making it now I mean I've got a a, 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 a wonderful human being I have two of them that are 
that are, are, are in the stage management world, and they're both, uh, you know, at 22, they're, they're, they've got great starts to their career, and they're doing great things. And, you know, there's another one who's who's acting, uh, and, and she's getting, and she's 20, and she's getting ready to start something. And and uh, there's, I mean, I've got Broadway play, and I've got so many other folks that I've had a chance to work with that they developed their talent, and they were encouraged to do it. Mm. And do you think that encouragement... It's probably not the only factor, but do you think that that was essential? It's the only factor. No, yeah, no, it, it, you're, you're right, you're right. Yeah, it, it, I think it is essential because there's two things. If you don't have somebody when you're when, saying you can do this, you're not going to in all likelihood. Yeah. There's always exceptions. There's the people who say, "Well, I'm a, uh, I'm kind of that guy." Uh, like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to show you." Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm naturally a rebel. So I'm going to rebel against anybody who tells me I can't do anything, mm-hmm. which usually gets me in a lot of trouble. But, but no, but you know the, the the reality is is that most people when you have that when you and when you is is you can do it. It's not just a clap. It's you have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. That's that's the difference between dreamers and 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 people who create mm-hmm. on, on a larger level because the right. dreamers just dream about it. Like oh, I'd love to do this someday, uh, and like great. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. I have something that I tell all when I'm a director or a uh, uh, um, I'm a, probably a pain in the ass as a director, but uh, as as, <laughs> as a director or as an acting coach, one of the things is do your damn job. Yeah, just do your damn job, and that's not meant in a harsh way. It's just you got to do your job. If you do your job, if you work at it, if you're diligent at it, yes, you can make it. You can be. You can use your creativity, creative energy, to be something that you want to be. It's not just dreaming. You got to have a plan. You got to follow that plan. You got to be adaptive. You have to be creative. You have mm-hmm. to do all sorts of things to be able to make it. You can't just dream about it. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, "I want to be an actor," and then show up on set. Yeah, I mean, you people have to put do in it. Work. Yeah, I mean, again, this is a little different than creativity and then being successful at creativity. Right. You're I mean, talking about an, like, just an instinctual drive to be creative. Yes. Um, yes. And, and you know, to a lesser degree, if let's say that you don't want to be on Broadway or you don't want to direct films, but you want to just write mm-hmm. and you don't want to do it, just just I, mean, I feel sound like a Nike commercial. Just do it. <laughs> Not sponsored. Not <laughs> So what you're saying is that if somebody <laughs> wants to sponsor you, and I can say it over and over again, you'll be more than happy to take that, right? I don't know. I'm not a sellout. That doesn't make you a sellout. <laughs> that makes you an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. It makes yeah, you yeah. creative because you're finding creative ways to do to follow your passion. You know, and that's the thing. That doesn't mean you're a sellout. Right. That finds okay. Someone wants to fund me. Yeah. Now when they start to have editorial control. Yeah. That's and, different. And that's the tightrope that I'm like very aware of and that I am impressed that uh, you and the rest of Time Frey are navigating right now because you're working on, um, you have all these like projects under works uh, that you mentioned. And I think you've expressed to me that you, it's really important for you all to kind of have the, the voice and the vision all the way through for the projects, which I find that those types of projects where, uh, to get back into film school terms, uh, where they're more like auteuristic, uh, <laughs> with all, with all joking aside, um, the films that I can tell, and just any medium, the films or the shows or whatever that I can tell came from a specific person mm-hmm. when I can look at something and be like, oh, that was, um, that was 
that's an Andrew Lloyd Webber show. Mm-hmm. Or that's that's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. You know. Hard to miss those. Hard to miss those. And they're brilliant. And they're brilliant. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting, though, because that... that, that I don't, I don't know if I want to consider myself an auteur. That seems a bit... Oh, uh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean... And, and it's interesting because that doesn't necessarily mean that the Marvel movies are any less creative. No. Because they're no. brilliant. They're brilliant. They're just brilliant in a different way. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's what's great about it is once you start, once you show the level of, of talent and success, Anderson, I mean, even Scorsese, mm-hmm. um, you can start creating your own stuff. And, and, there, and there's different routes to do it. What we're doing is we're taking a, a different route, which means we have to raise a lot of money. Yeah. As opposed to somebody, you know, Warner Brothers just giving us a check now, much like Nike, if Warner Brothers wants to give us a check, I'm not going to be too upset about it. But yeah. we don't want to, you know, we're trying to have some sort of a say over it. And, mm-hmm. you know, eventually we might have to negotiate and, and compromise because compromise is important. Well, that's that's the whole thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, but right now we're trying to compromise as little as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the important thing is that, again, don't get back to time. There's only a limited amount of time that we have. Mm-hmm. And there's so many stories that we have to tell. Right. Now, honestly, they're probably the same stories that have been told a billion times, but... But not by you, and not, not the way me, that you're trying to tell them. Not with my uh, uh, certain uh, uh, view of the world, which is definitely different than a lot of other people's. Uh, mainly because I get to look at my hair every day when I see a mirror. So. Yeah, you are very obsessed with your hair. Look at it, wouldn't you be? It's... Yeah, it's a nice head of hair. Yeah, I'm just saying... <laughs> Uh, so there was a, you may not know it, there was a comedian, Gary Shanley, you know who Gary Shanley was? I don't think so. Okay, Gary Shanley, he's unfortunately passed away, but uh, he, uh, one of his shticks was, how's my hair? And for mm. some reason, I guess that has stuck with me. Because mm-hmm. I'm really not that egotistical. I, well, maybe I am, but um, <laughs> but no. And for some reason, that's always stuck with me, because I, 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 I don't know why, but you know. Well, I think it's, it's kind of, as... I guess as I've been getting older, I've been more appreciative of people taking care in specific elements of their appearance. So I, I don't really know if there's if there's a point to any of that, but it was a fun statement. Uh... Well, you know what's interesting is that most of it is a joke. I really, I mean, I, I'm not going to get so focused on oh my god, it's my hair. I don't. Really yeah, know. It, yeah. It, 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 but it is funny because that, like, to some extent, like some people, that might be all they know about you. Is oh, that's that guy with the cool hair, like uh, that taxi like driver, the, the Uber driver. Uber driver. Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, that's me. Um, <laughs> I'm also the guy in the suit. Yes, you are. I'm also the, you know, it's funny because I was talking to somebody yesterday. I had lunch with an old uh, a friend who had worked with me, and she, she said to me that everybody is always intimidated by me. Because of your suit? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I'm a nice guy. Uh, but I also, you know, I don't give false platitudes. I'm not like, you're doing great, Susie, when Susie sucks. Yeah, uh, right. You would give constructive criticism. Constructive criticism is different, correct. Yeah. I mean, and it really depends on what they want to do. If Susie wants to be an actor and, mm-hmm. and Susie's working, and I'm not going to blow smoke. I mean, I'm going to, I can't. That's not fair to her. Mm-hmm. If Susie's just doing this for fun, and if this is a community theater type thing, then I'm not going to be hard on Susie. I'm going to, but I am going to, you still have to correct Susie because you have to be true to your art form. Right. It's about 
contextualization and appreciation for the other person's like wants and tensions and then also the appreciation of the art itself yeah well and no matter what you're doing you have to be in the sounds really uh, almost asinine but you do have to be true to your art mm-hmm. and it's just like when you you have to be true to your vision you have to be true to your art and, you, and it comes first that's why you have to suppress your ego to a certain degree we all have some ego mm-hmm. i don't i ha- i'm hating doing this because i don't <laughs> like to be the center of attention and you know my job as i look at it is to let other people shine and so that's why i'm doing all the talking no i'm kidding um <laughs> you know but it is to let other people shine i you, you set people up to be successful as a leader of, of, of a project, whether it be a play or a film or whatever, you set people up to be successful and you back off. It's not about my ego. There's been plays where the producers have had to chase me down for a bio. I'm like, I have no desire to do this bio, even though I'm the director. Bios are the worst. Oh, it's, it's, I don't want a headshot. I, I don't want anything. Them. I don't want to. Yeah. You know, it's funny because we had an interview for this one production. Um, that they wanted to interview the uh, the director and. I'm, my my, the, my protege, the same one who did this, was another sh- another play we did. She was, uh, was my assistant director for that as well. I was basically uh, I just talked to her, and I because that's the way I wanted it. I didn't. I don't. It's not about me, and it shouldn't be about me. It's about the project. It's about mm-hmm. the art form. It's about you know. It's about the bad man, or it's about Neowise, or it's about the letter, or it's about brief a uh, brief beat of the heart, or it's about Charlie in the heart of the mute. These are these are my stuff. Um, or it's about. Um, you know, if you're Rock of Ages or Bring It On or, or Mary Gerard or whatever the show is or whatever the project is, it's about that. Mm-hmm. And nobody gives a rat's rear end who the director is when they're in the audience. Or they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Yeah, they no. should be fully immersed and engaged. Yeah, and they should. And so what you do is you set your actors and your crew up to succeed. And you back off and you pace in the back of the room making everybody nervous. So, <laughs> at least that's what I think. That's what I learned, but or what I do. Yeah, it's funny because that's another reason I think she said that people were intimidated by me because I'm always in the back of the room in a suit pacing. I could see that. Well, do your job. I won't have to worry. I'm kidding. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> well, you're a natural pacer anyway. Um. Yeah, and you. I mean, you haven't seen me direct a a, a play, a stage no, play. No, I have not. But I'm. I. I. And I'm not one of those directors. And even. But you did on 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 set. I'm not one of those directors that sits back with a microphone and, and just says stuff. I get up there and I'm rolling on the stage and and showing and, and you know I get and I, and I and I have this kinetic energy that just keeps going and it's not something I plan that mm-hmm. that just kind of is like okay because you have to have a passion about this yeah. you have to have a passion about the people you're working with because you want them to succeed right. Not just because you want the project to be great and wonderful, but you want them to be great and wonderful. And if they're great and wonderful, the project will be great and wonderful. The, the key to being a successful director is finding the right people to make you look good. Mm. You take a lot of care in not only choosing which projects you want to invest your time into and kind of take in and craft, but you also take a lot of care into... Uh, into picking the people that are going to help shape the story in whatever medium and also not only staffing it but listening to them and making sure that everybody feels like they're contributing or at least that's what's been my experience but everybody is contributing it's not just feeling yeah because they should yeah and again it goes back to surrounding yourself with people that are better than you Mm -hmm. you're a better editor than i'll ever be Now, let's be clear. That's not that big of a compliment because I suck. But, <laughs> but you know, we you weren't the first editor that we looked at. Mm-hmm. You know, we we went through the process of trying to find someone who fit the right 
um, uh, look, the right feel for this. And we saw some of your work, and it was brilliant. Um, and, and then the next step was, how do we get along? Right. And if somebody can't get along with you, then they're obviously, you know, a communist or something. Um, or something. Or something. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, there's something wrong with them if they can't get along with you. And so, you're, you know, you fit and you have some great ideas and, you ha- and, and, and you're a perfect example of trying to find the right people. And we went through a lot of process to find the right person. Um, sometimes we don't always succeed, but we sure make it an effort. So it's very important. And, 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 and again, that goes back to everybody is a part of this. When it comes to, f- to film and theater, and again, it's, it's a different for you if you're, if you're in there painting. Mm-hmm. Um, because generally you don't have 43 people's hands in a, in a sometimes you do depending um, on, on, on some of the artists and specifically historically where they have their, their uh, workshop and they'd have people mm-hmm. doing stuff but, mm-hmm. but for the most part no um, but in theater and film you, you, you can't do it even the one man shows can't be done on their own and so you have to bring in you have to surround yourself with, with, with great people with great talent Mm-hmm. or ability to have great talent. They may be developing. I actually really like working with people who aren't as... They're not a finished Developed. product. They're not a yeah. finished product. I don't know if you're ever a finished product in art, but... I don't think so. But 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 they're not as developed as a good word, where, where you can be part of their development and you can bring it out in them because it's in there. Mm-hmm. Again, there are people who... It's not, so you can't just hire somebody off the street and say, hey, guess what? You're a cinematographer today. Yeah. Um, Although we did, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but um, we were very fortunate with the bad man. Austin was great, but um, the, the the reality is that um, that's the way that I work because I think it makes it better. But you have to be secure enough and strong enough as in yourself mm-hmm. to recognize that it's not it, it, it's it's about the project, not about me. Mm-hmm. It's not about me, and the only thing that will make it better is if I have other people who are extraordinary. Mm. And everybody has the potential to be extraordinary. Everybody does, except my brother. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, my brother's a great guy. I want to be clear, but he's my brother, so I can say that. Yeah, you have to give him a hard time. Yeah, mm-hmm. nobody else can say it. No, but I can. Yeah, and I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very, f- very fond of reminding my brother and sister how much older they are than me. <laughs> um, certainly acting, uh, but um, so yeah. I mean, don't didn't you feel though that that was a a, a, a part of our success when we were working on on the Bad Man that that was something that you felt that every, when everybody was being a part of it that it was it helped propel it and make it better than it was. Yeah, absolutely, and I definitely felt that in everything that that I was doing, um, especially since my uh, my role was a very innately creative role. So I did get a lot of space and time to kind of play around with things and also to contribute um, even before uh, even before post-production, which I always love. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, you know, we can craft the story. Well, I mean, that's one of the things that I'm excited about for you right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, your journey as a whole is a creative person, not an editor. An editor right. is part of who you are. It's what it's a yeah. it's a, something that you can do. Yes, and I appreciate you for saying that because I've been uh, I've always hated being put in a box, so to speak. And I think you'll probably resonate with this as well, but as somebody who considers themselves a naturally 
creative person, not necessarily a talented person, but a creative person with a compulsion, I guess, to, to make things and to help contribute. I just feel like putting, I always feel so disingenuous putting a label on myself as, even if it's like a positive mm -hmm. creative label, like editor. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just always love the project itself is more, um, is more fulfilling to me than my role on it. Does that make sense? It does sense? make sense. Okay. It does make sense. But again, I think that's what's important with anybody is that if you yeah. can even, and I, I've said this, even if you're the lead, the music director in a, in a, in a, in a, in a musical, the editor, tree number four on the left, that's uh, my favorite tree. It is. Uh, they're, they're, they're very, you have to have a lot of talent to play that. You really do. Um, you know, the, the assistant to the assistant to the assistant uh, prop master. Mm -hmm. it, you're all, to, to me, you all have equal voice. I mean, obviously I've got the top voice, but you all have equal <laughs> voice. And, uh, and, and you should all be able to, 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 to help create something and make it better. And, I, you know, nothing, uh, nothing is all one person in the film or theater world, especially the theater world. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you, you know, I don't want to put anybody in a box. I, I, I don't like boxes. Yeah. Which is a problem for storage. But, because, you know, you just kind of throw things in a closet. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I just did a film stereotype where they open the closet and everything falls. <laughs> but, um, but, no, I mean... Boxes and labels. I, I mean, it's it's that's even that's a cliche. But I don't. I don't. I'm not very fond of labels in anything. I'm not either. I, I never have been. Um. You, you know, clothes labels are. I mean, but but, uh, but no. I mean, I'm not. I just. I think we label things too much. And I, you know, it's interesting because I'm not really part of a. a discriminated against class. I'm. I'm just not. So I. I don't know that I have. A, a valid thought process on you know labeling folks in the LBGTQ plus community. Um, I you know I I don't under I can't there's no way I can fully understand what someone who's in the community has to go through. I can empathize and, and support and which I do in every way shape or form. But I you know if, if they want to if they being a person wants to have a label, then who am I to say that they can't have a label? Yeah, that's interesting because there um, some labels, regardless of the the context, are um, like they can either be uh, destructive or empowering. I feel, and I guess it's I guess it's determined by if the person is putting the label on themselves. Yeah, and uh, uh, I, yeah, and again, I'm not here to label anybody. Yeah. Uh, including myself, which I've done already. I'm a director, writer, but still, um, <laughs> and producer. <laughs> I know what I'm good at. Yeah. Which apparently is ending a sentence in a preposition. I hate when I do that. <laughs> I had a friend in high school. That's my story. No, I had a friend in high school, and she hated it, and and it's always stuck with me. Always stuck with me, ending a sentence in a preposition. Mm -hmm. 
because um, high school was, what, a year ago now. So, um, right. yeah, I lose track of time. Math's not my strength. You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're just, um, you're getting into college now because you're 20. Right. right. Yes. Right. Excited about that. i got to make a decision. Yeah. Um, I think I'll major in uh, sociology or basket weaving or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear there's underwater basket weaving in some of the You New know York. what, though? you got to learn how to scuba. and. Well, I know how to do that. Well, that doesn't help me, does it? No. So there. <laughs> I mean, I, I can drown. I can do that. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, thanks for your support. It's, not... <laughs> it's great that you're so supportive of me drowning. I'm just yes anding. You know, and I appreciate that. Yeah, um, I do agree that you have the ability to drown. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I wouldn't advise Are you encouraging it? me that because no. it's all about encouraging what you want to do. We just had that conversation, right? Right. right. So. I mean, if that's if that's how you feel compelled to go. Yeah, I don't feel compelled to go, period. Okay, there you yeah, go. Let me be clear on that. That's then interesting I will not uh, encourage it. You know, it's interesting. My mother um, was a remarkable human being, mm-hmm. and uh, she loved every second of life and fought. I mean, there's no way she should have survived as long as she survived. Um, and she fought every time. You know, she, she and, and I get that from her. And one of the things that she said is, make each day count. And I said that at her funeral as well. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it's, I'm curious. My mother had multiple sclerosis and couldn't walk, obviously. And I've always been wondering if she, came, if, in a, if a zombie apocalypse happened and she came back as a zombie, would I still have to like carry her around? Or I, it's a legitimate question. Mm, I, probably. I mean, are, but I don't know. I mean, how do zombies move anyway? Because there's no way they should be able to move. Yeah, but I feel like that's just kind of their their nature it's not how they move it's just that they do okay so again that goes back to my mother she couldn't move she i mean she was in a wheelchair oh, so was she back in a wheelchair oh or... i see i see i mean that's oh no my... you would have to walk her around move her around for i sure. mean that's a and lot and she would be waiting for you well she, she'd probably call me up yeah um, um she was a remarkable woman uh and you know she's suffered most of my well certainly all my adult life that she was around and then as a kid um the first thing out of her mouth was always, how are you? Not, oh, oh, woe is me. It was, how are you? Now, not to me, obviously, because I was her son. This was basically move my leg. But still, uh, she was, you know, she was a remarkable individual. And someone that we all could learn a lot from. And you don't know what you should learn from your parents when you're, you know, 15. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have the parents I had. Um, you know, my mother was an extraordinary. That's where I get a lot of the creativity going back to the original subject matter from is her creativity. She was brilliant. Well, she was a singer, right? Well, she was, yeah, yeah. And? And so much more. Yeah. I mean, I've got artwork of hers that she painted, and, and you know, she she was a teacher, which is an act of creativity and generosity in itself. We do not support our teachers, especially our arts teachers, nearly enough. Why is that? Because we, we don't recognize the value in it yeah we don't we because we are so center focused on uh on 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 science technology entertainment what is what is (laughs) it's not right engineering whatever anyway uh, i mean it should be it should be should be uh uh what's his face uh shuler hensley said it best should be steam arts should be the a in there not STEM. Yeah, and that's a much better. Well, STEM is kind of a cool visual, but STEAM, Steam has is like a, cooler a steampunk. Visual, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, everyone should wear like Victorian. Oh my gosh, glasses. I'm so down for it. Yeah, it but, should be STEAM. Why isn't it STEAM? Yeah, because there's a lot of because nobody listens to Shuler Hensley anymore, and that's a shame. Dang. Uh, 
no, but it's, 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 yeah, I mean, it should be steam and it should be a, and so we don't focus on that because we don't know the value. Uh, there's a lot of cultural issues with it. And, you know, if you look at it and this, there's also a, a bit of, of a, a, almost, I don't, I don't want to say that it's, there's sexism involved in it, but if you think about it, oftentimes who's really associated in, in high school mm-hmm. with the arts, who's in theater classes? More girls are in theater classes than guys. Yeah. Guys are encouraged to go play sports. Women are go, encouraged to go, you know, sew or whatever, mm-hmm. which, of course, is asinine and absurd. You know, women should have every opportunity to, and, and, and that's changed a lot. I mean, there's a lot of great women's sports, and, 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 and they absolutely should be. But there's still a, you know, maybe banned. <laughs> yeah, me, that's like, usually oh. more or less yeah. equal. There, I I think, too, a lot of the time, uh, there's, there definitely were my theater education was basically non-existent in high school um and so but uh there there were a few guys like in our theater program but um I would say that I think it's not generally been encouraged for guys to be emotional or like even tap into those kind of well, and and that's why I suck at acting. But <laughs> I mean, look, I, I was in high school, I got all the roles, but that was because I was the only guy, right? And right. I had hair. I mean, did I mention my hair? You did. I, I think I so. Not, I think so. so. Yeah, but 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 no. I mean, I I um I. I Yes, you're absolutely right, though, because guys have not necessarily been as encouraged, and so there's a lot that goes into that. And, you know, it's still, for the most part, and it is changing, fortunately, but we still haven't had a female president. Mm-hmm. Most CEOs are males. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's some catching up we have to do on that. And when it comes to the arts specifically, I think it has something to do with it, but also people, you know, you've got to go be an engineer, or you've got to go be an attorney, or you've got to go be a... You know something practical, right? Because those hold those careers hold value, yeah. and that's and, and and we so focus on standardized testing, which I'm not. I mean, it's it's so tough to be an educator. It's almost impossible yeah. with with especially now during COVID. But but with 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 um, the, the 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 tragedy of school shootings that continuously happen over and over, and we're numb to it. And but the teachers aren't. Mm-hmm. They have to do drills, and it's it's absurd and obscene, and it's horrible. And and you know when you add the arts to that, they don't want to fund it. They brother in Georgia and Texas and places like that, they want to put it towards a football stadium. Yeah, yeah. Because they're going to make it as an NFL player. I right. mean, or at least that'll bring in money for the school. Well, exactly. But arts could too. And so the beauty yeah. of it is, is that you know I I look I played when I was younger, sports. And I love, sports is a great thing. It's it's a phenomenal are, thing. And, it, yeah. and I believe that being a great actor, and being a great theater person, you've got to be a good athlete. I mean, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're, oh, absolutely. if you're singing and dancing eight times a week on Broadway, you got to be a good athlete. Yeah. And, a phenomenal athlete. Yeah. And there's, the two are really the same. I mean, but that's the thing that people don't always get is that doing theater specifically, less so film, but doing theater specifically is the same as having a football team. You have a head coach and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you have a, a offensive coordinators. You have, you have a, a defensive coordinator. You have a, um, you have a director, you have a music director, you have a, a, a choreographer, mm-hmm. your player. I mean, you have it all. It's yeah. it, the, it's the same thing. It's just artistic. It's just what it's just, it's just different. Yeah. Um, football can be art. I mean, designing a play. I don't know if you've ever done that, but you know, designing an offense is an art form. Mm-hmm. It's being creative. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it absolutely is. All those all those diagrams and everything. Well, I noticed that. Um, I. Uh, 
even just in uh, the marching band that I did, mm -hmm. uh, that was, I was super opposed to being in marching band when I was in uh, middle school because I just couldn't get past the uniforms. I thought that they looked dumb, <laughs> basically, yeah. which, yeah, for yeah, sure. Let's be clear. Oh, oh for sure. Um, but then I, I encouraged myself to try it and I found that the, uh, that in addition to just playing the music, which I always enjoyed doing, um, the combination of the uh, the patterns that we would create on the formations, basically, that we would create on the field and the music that we were playing and the physical aspect of it, the fact that you had to hit, it's basically choreography, mm -hmm. that you have to hit all of these spots at exactly the right time and do all these very kind of militaristic things was really appealing to me. So it would, I, I think it's a beautiful thing when something artistic can be created or just anything can be created from pulling from multiple disciplines, oh, yeah. which is why theater is so attractive to me. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. Um, but you, you know, the, the marching band is its own Oh yeah, that's a whole <laughs> world. I'm, I mean, and it's it's. I'm I'm always in awe at at band directors and band choreographers and what they can create and the musicians who have to execute yeah. it. Yeah, it's really impressive. Uh, it's no, it's it's um, it's phenomenal. It's funny because my mother, going back to her, we used to go to high school football games and we'd leave after halftime because she was just there to see the band. Oh, that's so that funny. Was all she, and I was like, there's still a game if going the on. Band's like, good we gotta enough. go, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, we gotta beat traffic. I'm like, it's, yeah. It's high school football. <laughs> um, I mean, I was like five and six at the time. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, still, it's just, it's an amazing, uh, it's just amazing. But, you know, going back to your question is why the arts are not, uh, there, there's more to that too, though, because. It's been shown, and I, I don't have the studies handy, but there's been studies that showing that people who, who who participate in theater do better academically. They understand because mm -hmm. and it gives them a purpose. Yeah. And you know, if if you have to go and and you're going to accomplish something that's evident, getting a hundred on a test is not something that you accomplish. And that when you get to a certain point in your academic career, you're like okay, cool, but it's not like you're really accomplishing. It's something you have to do. Well, and it's also kind of a deflection because a lot of the time you're not learning the actual content or the subject matter. You're just learning how to take the test, sure, which sure. is what I did. You, you, you teach the test, and which is yeah. what which gets you funding and which gets you people coming to your school. And you know, it's there's there, there's a lot that goes into that. But um, I, you know, I've I've had the, the honor of seeing some incredible educators though and then even in Fulton County where we are there's some incredible educators that do mm. incredible work um both theater and otherwise but mm -hmm. you know uh, the, 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 the just theater specifically not just all the arts although there's a lot there I mean I, there's story after story of um of uh, perfect examples I have uh, one of my uh, friends who runs a who ran a th uh, th uh, acting school um out east of here in Conyers uh, he had a student who got up and just couldn't cried during the audition just couldn't mm -hmm. come up couldn't do anything but he got into the program um, and because it was more of a placement audition it wasn't whether you're going to get the program or not, yeah yeah um, 
And two years later, he was president of his, of his class because he was able to get up there and speak to people because wow. of the experience he had with theater. There's right. other, I mean, that's the thing about theater education and arts education. And even if you're not going to want to do it as a career, even if this isn't your dream, being exposed to that can help you give a speech, mm-hmm. can can help you stand up in front, can give you a little bit of confidence just to get through high school, mm-hmm. uh, much less you know, life. Although high school is sometimes more difficult than the rest of life, as for some. High school was, yeah, way more difficult, just yeah. educationally. Than Not for me. I, I, I didn't worry about the education part. I was, I was, I was one of the cool kids. Um, <laughs> it was the hair. It was, mostly. I didn't, it was, certainly wasn't my personality. That didn't help. But um, Were you wearing suits in high school? I was. I actually had a pink tie and a pink shirt and pink <laughs> pants. I, had, I was all dressed, uh, decked out in pink. So people saw you coming. Um, well, they usually ha- were hiding, but, uh, yeah. Well, they saw you, yeah, and then so they, that and they, they hid. And then they, yeah. and I was like, where is everybody? You know, they right, right, right. avoid me at all costs. Um, yeah. especially with my briefcase that I was carrying around. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny, because a lot of people don't know when I'm serious and not serious, and that's okay. But, nevertheless, <laughs> so, you know, but, 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 but when it comes to the arts and, and, and education, it, it, it can help you so much in just expressing yourself and that's ultimately what the arts are about is expressing yourself in some way shape or form mm-hmm. but beyond that the camaraderie that you get if you're a theater person you find it you you found your family yeah and your family is you know you find who you belong to because it's you cannot there's no way if you're in a theater community that you can't belong mm. because we're all a bunch of weirdos and i mean that in a good way in a good way, and I mean, yeah, there's, there. I mean, the, the, just the idea of being a theater person, whether you are a cre- creatively on stage or creatively backstage, whether you're in front of the camera, or behind the camera, there's got to be something seriously wrong with you to do this, because you're <laughs> pretending to be somebody you're not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, but but you know, there's it, there's expression, and if you're if you're painting, that's expression, and you're mm-hmm. creating something that comes from you, um, and j- just the value of doing it, whether it's for a career or not, is it's a more fulfilling life. We used to call it enrichment in mm. middle school where you had to go to enrichment and it was stuff like that. Oh, like a class? It was a class. Oh, I see. Because apparently we didn't want to have a theater class or an art class, so they called it enrichment. Interesting. Uh, where I learned the Greek alphabet. Um, Do you still know, remember it? Alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, zeta, eta, theta, capital, I mean, yeah, I know it. Um, okay. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it's amazing what you remember. Yeah, well, I also learned the Greek alphabet in eighth grade, but I don't remember it. Yeah, it was eighth grade for me, too. Um, I, I t- you know, it's interesting about learning, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, you know, it, it, the more you know, the more creative you can be. Mm-hmm. I think so. Because um, you can, and as an actor, one of the things I teach my students that I, of course, I don't really do a lot of acting teaching anymore, but I teach them to know everything. I mean, obviously, to absorb, to, to, and, to, and to, to, to just the more you know, the more you can create, the better of an actor you can be because you can understand what you're doing as a writer. The more you know, the better you can create, the better. And as the more you know, the more that you realize that's been done eight billion times before, and uh, this become a cliche. Now, yeah. Sometimes cliches can work in your favor too because it can. You know, I learned this one uh, actually from um, one of my. I hate to call him a mentor, but I will. Uh, where he, you um, said, sometimes a cliche can save you a lot of time in creating a character, mm-hmm. because you know. And th- his example uh, was, um, if you have somebody with 
glasses taped up and with a pocket protector and they come on stage, you don't have to explain who they are. You yeah, automatically know. Everybody it. knows. It's yeah. a stereotype, it's a cliche, and it's done. I try to avoid stuff like that because, you know, I'm a I'm a um uh, uh esoteric ass, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but no, I mean I, I you know, I, but but still it can be incredible to help tell that. So you can use those in the right way and that's the beauty about creativity is that just because it's been done before and you're doing it again, as you mentioned before, it's not it's, you're doing it your way. Mm-hmm. You're still being creative. It's just again that level of creativity. Right. You know, um, how many times have you seen just gone? Let's just say you've gone to uh, a, a community theater and you saw a play, and they tried to replicate the exact thing that they did on Broadway. Oh, that was probably most times. Yeah, which I hate, been, by the way. Yeah. But, I mean, you still borrow. You can still borrow. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that because there are certain expectations. You know, it, it's interesting because if you do Oklahoma. And you do Oklahoma the way I want to do Oklahoma. Nobody's gonna know what you're doing. They're gonna be, ah, they're gonna you know come at you with knives and pitchforks and such, mm-hmm. uh, which could be Young Frankenstein. But um, but but so there's certain expectations you have to meet certain levels. I mean, you know, if 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 you do Les Mis, you know, you can't suddenly make it uh, a happy show uh, no. because people. It's are gonna, in the title. Yeah, literally, <laughs> unless you love misery. Um, but. And some people do. Some people do. Most people do, really. But uh, they just don't. It know. is very dramatic. Well, yeah, it's, and I'm all about that. Um, but the, but the, but the, but the reality is that um, you have certain expectations that you have to meet for certain shows for an audience. Um, but then you have to find your own delicate balance between that and your own visions and your own ideas. And so, even a copy is still being creative. Mm-hmm. It's just. A different level of creativity, and so, and you don't need to by any means demean somebody for doing that. They're still creating something. They're still bringing an art, to yeah. it. And it's never going to be the exact same, right? Right. Right. I mean, Hugh Jackman's doing the Music Man right now, and he's going to be brilliant, and wonderful, and fantastic. But he's not going to be Robert Preston. No, a little bit different. And who could be Robert Preston? Who could be except for Robert? Preston? Except for Robert Preston. <laughs> uh, well, I have always been really intrigued by the concept of borrowing. Uh, bits and pieces of, uh, of creativity from from other works or mediums, and I think what you said has merit in that. Um, well, something has merit. I said <laughs> in that uh, the more you know, or the more you expose yourself to, the more you can pull from, and the more you can combine and create in that way. Yeah, and and, and, and yes, and and, and and I think that that's important. It also gives you an idea of just how humanity works. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you you know if you know about I don't know the Luddites, uh, you 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 understand the that the the concept of of um, we we have Luddites today to a degree. Mm. Uh, they're not really the same thing, but technology scares some people, and technology the wheel or whatever it was scares. He wasn't the wheel, but but they scare it scares people, and so they went around just, you know breaking down carts and such, and, and you know we we have that today, and so you can actually put that into your into an understanding of that, even if it's just dropping the word Luddite into to 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 a script or whatever, you know. But I, I do want to focus on the borrowing. For just a second, yeah. if you don't mind. Yeah, let's explore. Well, because borrowing, I again, because of who I am, I guess borrowing is like, I'm not going to borrow anything, and that's asinine. Because, it's very stubborn. Well, it's stubborn and asinine because you're borrowing no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've written several plays about lovelorn, the the mismatched lovers. Hello, 
ever hear of Romeo and Juliet? I mean, it's the same damn story. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. in a different little way. So you're always going to borrow. Right. And again, borrowing sometimes has its place because you can identify, because you don't want to waste time. You have to tell your story. Mm-hmm. You don't want to waste time telling the story that this is about the guy with the glasses and the tape when you can just do it and move on to tell your story the right way. Yeah, when it's a detail. When it's a detail, yeah. yeah. But, but, I mean, and details are, are so important in, in being good. Uh, but, you know, I, th- I think that um, the, the reality is that we're all borrowing. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed reality is, is my phrase for the day? I've said it like 17 times already. <laughs> but but it's it's it, it really is. We, we all borrow and we create. We have to. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, whether we know we're borrowing or not, and it may not be a direct copy, as my, you know, you, know, you know, might not be naming your character Juliet, although you can to tell a different way of the story, but but mm-hmm. but you still, you know, Julia is still there, yeah. and um, uh, then you have a, 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 a the, the idea is there, and, and and there's a place for borrowing in creating your own stuff. You don't want to, you don't want to, you know. Necessarily, in borrowing it doesn't necessarily mean you are. Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Where you copy somebody's work exactly? Uh, words, they're tough. Um, I'm only a writer. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, not copyright, but uh, I literally went to copyright. Yeah, um, yeah but it's oh not. Gosh. It's oh my gosh. We're gonna spend like forty minutes on this, but the, <laughs> plagiarism. Plagiarism. Yeah. I knew that it started with P, and so my mind. I think it's because of the room that we're in. My mind went to poltergeist. That's comforting that we're in a room <laughs> that makes you think of Poltergeist. Great movie, it, by the way. Wonderful movie. The first one especially. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, you know, it's amazing how horror movies lose their power. Yeah. Because you because you see the same thing over and over again. And people, uh-huh. and you're like, oh, I've seen it. But when you really go back, it's just like music. People are like, well, the Beatles, whatever. Again, just like without Mozart, yeah, what would the world be? There would be no Beatles. Without the Beatles, there would be no Post Malone. Mm. You know? Um you know, there would be no Lana Del Rey, and the world would be a much worse place if there's not Lana Del Rey, one of the premier songwriters around today. Mm-hmm. In the right light, you kind of look like Lana, to be honest. Do I? Wow. Well, it's pretty dark in here. So, it's um, dark in <laughs> but, but, no, but I mean, uh, you know, there's, 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 there's no, without Elvis, there's no Jack Black, no. Well, yeah, that's true too. But, That'll work. Yeah, um, I'll take it. You know, and so there's just we we really owe a lot to the people who came before us, mm-hmm. not just immediately, but go back. So, and by no means am I comparing anything I've written to Shakespeare because that would be both foolish and make me look like a complete idiot. Because you know, I'm not going to be Shakespeare. I'm not going to be Oscar Wilde. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to be Arthur Miller. These these are extraordinarily playwrights who are are. are are some of the ones that are just on the the um, uh, Lynn Nottage. I don't know if you know who Lynn Nottage is. I don't. She's a modern playwright. Uh, I think she won the Pulitzer. Damage is one of her. She's mm. a brilliant playwright. Um, there's no way I'm going to ever match their brilliance. But I owe a lot to them mm-hmm. because they have. I'm standing on their shoulders, on their shoulders, on their shoulders, on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I can be just a, a, a billionth as as good as they are then that's a huge success for me mm. whether it's commercially successful which i've done a very good job of avoiding that so far but whether it's commercially successful or not um it's a success because i've created something that is that i can look at or that that you know maybe if, if someone runs across it in some some 
I don't know, what are the, uh, whatever the modern equivalent or the, the future equivalent of a uh, flash drive is or whatever it may be, and they run across it and they're like, huh, that's interesting. Which is about all they probably do, but uh, just pick it up and go, huh? Yeah, like, but, but no, I mean, just the point is that all these incredible creators that happened before us, we owe them so much, and yeah, I mean, it, but it's also important to know them. It's important for you to read your Shakespeare. It's important for you to understand the wit of Oscar Wilde. It's important, and I highly recommend if you ever get a chance to see a Lynn Nottage play, to to look at that, or an Arthur Miller, obviously the. Uh, you know, Death of a Salesman, I think, is the greatest play of the 20th century. Um, um, the Crucible, I was Proctor. I was a really bad Proctor. <laughs> but, um, you know, these are the, the, the extraordinary works that came before us. And how much do we owe, the, how much does the world owe to, to, to the act of creativity? I think everything, right? Well, mostly. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's like, again, I was a philosophy guy. And people are like, oh, philosophy. We don't exist without philosophers. The no. whole idea is, philosophy and science were the same when they first started, but what, the whole idea, it starts with the philosophy of creating something. Mm-hmm. And, and creativity is, you know, the art, the philosophy of creativity is, you know, it, it's a study of it, obviously, but the idea is just the idea, the genesis of, of where, where we get, you have to have creativity. We don't have penicillin. We don't have a polio vaccine or a COVID vaccine, for that matter, if not for creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, people think science is science, and it is, and it's extraordinary. And and the idea of of, of you know of following the science and and the, and the scientific method that we've developed, which we have now, which we didn't in the uh, 16th and 15th century France, which is another reason you don't want to go there. Um, you know, it, it is is brilliant, and and it's and. Um, obviously the world's a substantially better place because of it, but there's still that creative element in there. And it's not necessarily what everybody thinks of creativity. People think of creativity as, oh, I'm, I'm going to you know, sing an aria or write an aria or mm-hmm. write an opera, which um, don't even get me started. Um, I mean, you can. But uh, uh, I was l- literally listening to La Boheme earlier this morning, so um, the best of the operas, just so you know. I have a theory that I'll tell you some other time. But anyhow, uh, so, 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 I mean, the, 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 the idea of, of that is true. That is part of creativity. That's the high, that's, you know, opera, of course, the highest form of creativity. Uh, Buccini was the best. <laughs> but the idea of, of, of being creative to create a, a vaccine. Yes, there's a scientific method that you follow. There's a way, but you have to have the the idea to do it. The whole mRNA uh, vaccine that we're working with with COVID, which is, has a lot of promise for other viruses going forward, like AIDS, etc. I mean, just you, the, the, just the idea to think of that, mm-hmm. even if it's a virus. But you know, we talked a little bit about earlier, like 15 hours ago when we started this. You know, the idea that of the different kinds of creativity. You know, um, penicillin was the accidental. You know, it was it was it just it was an accident, mm-hmm. but you still had to have that creativity to recognize that that's what it what it will do. And so, you know, science is a different form of creativity because there's a lot more that goes into it, and a lot, and you have to be extraordinarily educated to be able to do it. But you also have to be extraordinarily educated to be able to write a good play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just practicing those uh, those different mindsets and getting into the those head spaces and kind of working those muscles out. Um, I always found it very. Uh, I agree with you that um, 
creativity, I think, can stem from both sort of like right-brained and more artistic type things and also more left-brain logical Mm -hmm. areas in terms of, uh, I mean, that's where all of our progress comes from, Mm -hmm. uh, as we've been mentioning, not only with uh, science, but with with engineering Mm -hmm. as well. Another reason that it should be STEAM (laughs) Um, because... So the E's not entertainment? I'm still kind of confused. I mean... (laughs) I think we should start a petition. I think we should. I mean, yeah. English. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, creativity is, uh, it's just the foundation or the gateway maybe uh, for for everything. I mean, we literally would not, we wouldn't have anything. We wouldn't be able to live the way that we do without people thinking about solving these little problems or making things work. Imagine if whoever Steve Jobs was talking to didn't come up with the idea of the smartphone here. Yeah. I mean, they had there had to be an idea. Yeah. It all starts with an idea. And an idea is inherently creative. I have a question for you. I have an answer for you. Okay, great, because I'm excited for this. Where do you think ideas come from? I mean, that's, uh, I mean, there's not a nebulous area. This isn't Plato where, you know, people are coming for uh, you know, this. The, the ideas, I just, I just referenced Plato. I heard. You, you want me to get into Epicurus soon? I can do it. Uh, but Sure. I just want you to hit all of the ancients. I can, we can go to Zeno. But okay. um, <laughs> it's ancient Greek day. <laughs> but, um, you know, ideas vary. I mean, sometimes... They obviously come from the brain, but sometimes it's observation. You know, you, how many times have you looked at something and and it just kind of sparked? Oh, what if we did that or did that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it can come from that. It can come from you know the the need to solve a problem. You know the 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 old um, ancient concepts. Going speaking of ancient Greece, you know the muse. What is the muse? And 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 obviously the there's a lot that goes into that. There's the muse, which is the the representation uh the 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 personification of an idea uh, is the muse who comes and gives you the idea and if you've ever seen the movie xanadu which if you or the play which you need to see the movie xanadu okay not because it's necessarily the greatest movie ever but it's first off it's got the incredible gene kelly in it and oh well i'm already signed up yeah and and uh australia's sweetheart Kylie Minogue? No. Uh, Olivia Newton-John, who, uh, in it, and uh, ELO's the music, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to sit here and trash the movie, but it's not, it's not Citizen Kane, but it's such... Not many things are. No, but it's such a fun, Citizen Kane is, strangely, but it's such a fun movie, it's got roller skates, it's so... Oh, well, I'm already... Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's, and the the play is also, uh, uh, Carrie Butler originated the role, just, and, and who doesn't love Carrie Butler, but... Um, it's just, there's some, anyway, it's about a muse. So, but, you know, I think muses can come in different ways. And so we're, we're just going to follow that pattern of, of, of a muse and a muse, there can be a, a literal muse. I mean, I've, I've had literal muses that people who have inspired me to be creative. Um, I, I've, but oftentimes it's just the story you have to, in my case, you just have to tell the story. There's a story you have to tell. Mm. And, you know, there's one, I just, I came up with one uh, the, the 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 whole reason we are now in the film world, I came up with this on the subway in New York. Literally, I was just writing, and it just kind of hit me. I don't know where it came from. The Batman? No. Um, no, that came because we needed to do something. That's what I thought, yeah. yeah um, and it, to, to build it, and, and Sam wanted to do a horror thing, and I'm like, well, let's do a psychological thing. 
Yeah, yeah, which I appreciated. I always love a good psycho thriller. Yeah. Or anytime some aspect of psychology is added to... Whether the the bad man's good or not, I don't know. But if it is good, it's because of people like you and and Austin and um, Thad and Aaliyah and and Jacob, who did great recording the sound. Uh, And, um, you know, it's because of you that it's good. And Brian, who was brilliant, Oh yeah! Um, oh my gosh! Uh, so creepy. Yeah, but but you know, if it's bad, it's because of me. And you no, know, that's a true statement. Um, the success of a of a project, if it's good, it's because of the people that are involved. It's because of the cinematographer. It's because of the editor. It's because of the actors. If it's a stage, it's musical. The, the music. If it's bad, it's always the director's fault. The director needs to always take responsibility for the bad stuff and give the credit away, because that's the truth. Because hmm. the director's the one who leads that. And the director puts the people in the position to succeed. And if he doesn't, and the play or the, or the show fails, or isn't good, whatever that means, because that's very subjective, then it's because the director did not do his job. Is that true for job. smaller projects as yes. well as it's bigger for, projects? It's true for any project. That's really, that's an interesting way to think about it, because I can definitely see how it would be true for smaller projects but once you get in at least with film stuff um once you get into the like the really really big shows like the corporate more corporate environments where you have studio heads and execs and everything i wonder how much they have well yes and i wonder if it's the same if there's a similar system with like broadway yeah there is Uh, what what what, what i'm talking about obviously the producer ultimately yeah but when i'm in my world as if I'm directing it, if I don't have, this is another reason why, if I don't have the final say on things, I don't, I'm not, probably not going to do the project. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I feel the same for my stuff too. <laughs> yeah, because it's my name on it. Yeah. And I don't want my name on it half the time anyway. I mean, everything's about Alan Smithy. But no, yeah. uh, but not because of that, but because again, I'm not looking for the limelight there, which is right. why I'm still hating every second of this. But um, uh, the, 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 the reality though is that because in my world, the director is the final say. Now, they work mm-hmm. in tandem with the producer. Mm-hmm. And the producer has a lot, but the producer has to give. Now, yes, the producer can always go back and say, no, nope, we're going to cut it differently and blah, 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 blah. But then it's out of the director's hands, and that's not really yeah. the director's anymore. You'll see, I mean, you've seen examples of that. that we, yeah, I mean, there's I'm, director's cuts of things. Certainly and... not going to call anybody out yeah. by any stress of imagination. Yeah. But fundamentally... It's always the director's responsibility to put people in the in the right position, mm-hmm. and if they don't, then they fail. Mm. Uh, the people, your people, never fail as a as a director. Whether it's you know, um, again, because I'm the one that has to make those decisions. If it's good, it's because I did my job to put y'all in the right place. It's about communication. It's about communication. It's about setting the vision. It's yeah. about hiring the right people. All the things we talked about. All the things. And. Casting is the single most important thing outside of hiring the right crew. Mm-hmm. If you cast, well, I mean, we did a we did bring it on uh, uh, regionally here. Um, and oh my god, that cast was incredible! All I had to do was sit back and not screw it up. Yeah, well, that I, sounds great. Which I I tried really hard to screw it up, but you know, I, I um, you know, the cast was was brilliant. And of course, you know, it was it was a, the production value. You know, we weren't working with a huge budget. We weren't working with you know, the, the top professionals in the world at the time. So, I mean, but for what we did, it was it was a very impressive. And, our you know, our lead is, she's doing, she, she's on tour right now, uh, 
my protege was the assistant director. She's on tour as a stage manager right now. A uh, guy just did a Netflix film who was in it. Another guy's working steadily. Uh, the, um, uh, another one, just she, she just had her debut, professional debut. And, and I mean, there's the, the other one is, I mean, there's, I can go on and on and on about this cast. Yeah, they sound like rock stars. They are. And that's the beauty of it is, is that they are. They're incredible. And the, and, and the, and the best thing about it, not only they're incredibly talented, they're just genuinely wonderful people. Mm-hmm. And that actually goes a lot further to making it than anything. Mm. You know, people think about these the the, the the divas, and yeah, divas can make it. But, you know, if you're an actor or you're a director or you're, you know, uh, a grip, mm-hmm. if people want to work with you, you're going to get more jobs. Oh, yeah. yeah. And having a great attitude. And what I tell everybody is that you have to be the most professional person in the room. Period. Now, obviously, if everybody can't be the most professional unless there's a tie, but you get the point is that, you know, and that means showing up, you know, you're never late. <laughs> Biggest pet peeve is being late. Uh, uh, you know, you, um, you know, you, you, you do your job. You do what you're supposed to do. You don't, you can question, but you don't get obnoxious in your questions. Now, there's, there's obviously exceptions. If someone's risking your safety or if they're doing something that's, that is uh, unethical or then, then you have a responsibility to yourself and everybody else to step up and say, uh, no, I'm not going to jump from a 50-foot uh, uh, platform without a, a, any kind of, you know, you have to step step up. Or if they're, you know, wanting you to do, I think, I th- this is me. First off, I don't know that I would ever ask anyone to do, for example, a nude scene because it's just it, it, very rarely do I see them that they're necessary. Mm-hmm. If they're necessary, that's a different thing. But if, if someone asks you to do that and you don't feel a, you know, obviously it needs to be talked about long before you take the gig, but let's say it's in the, in the script and you're like, this doesn't work, then you need to have the ability to talk to the director and say, or the writer or the showrunner, whoever it is, and say, I don't think this fits the character. And you have, I mean, and that, that comes from the other side. You know, it's interesting because we're in a different world than we were, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, and we should be in a different world. We should make that progress. And, um, you know, I think that that's important. That's part of the creative process is being able to adapt to the new world. Mm-hmm. And, and understand the reasons we need to adapt to the real world because of the new world because you know too many times people have been taken advantage of too many times people have been had just to get the, because they had to have the gig or whatever and there's a lot of guys and women out there who who do the wrong thing and that is a, and, and as my first rule is that you have to respect the art form that is disrespectful to the art form oh completely do not yeah. disrespect the art form I don't care what your art form is. Do not, you know, what you do afterwards, I don't, you know, that's whatever. But but you do not disrespect your art form. Yeah. And you don't disrespect other people. I mean, obviously you have to have respect for other people. That's that's where it all starts. If you respect everyone, then, you know, generally, you're, I mean, everyone makes mistakes, but that's not a mistake. That's just being an asshole. Right, right, <laughs> right. Trust me, I'm my own brand of asshole, but I'm not that kind of asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm there's the charming definitely... asshole. <laughs> And yeah, there's different layers of <laughs> of appreciation for, for all sorts of people. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you disrespect people or the art form, I mean, you, it's you're, that's a really easy way to get kicked out of a collaborative medium. It is, and it's all, but regardless of that, it's just wrong. Oh yeah, completely. It's just wrong. And again, I am by far not perfect. I'm, I will make mistakes. I have made mistakes. 
but you own up to your mistakes. You said, I made a mistake, and you try and make yourself better for the next time around. Now, whatever that mistake is. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously, there's different levels of mistake, too. But, you know, I've, I've uh, you know, I, the, probably one of the bigger mistakes I've made is um, not listening to somebody when they were unhappy with, with the process. Now, does that mean I should have changed things? No, I still think I shouldn't have changed things, but I should have done a better job of listening and appreciating where mm. they were coming from. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's probably the biggest mistake I made. And this had nothing to do with me specifically. It had to do with the process that we were working on, and they just they weren't comfortable with someone else. And it wasn't because someone else was doing anything wrong. It's just they didn't, their personalities were conflicting. Right. And I didn't do a very good job of managing that, and I should have done. Mm. And, I mean, the project was still great. Yeah, but that but, but, specific yeah, relationship—that's that, probably the biggest mistake. I, but I, but I, I, you know, but I came back and I apologized because I was wrong, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that I should have changed a whole lot, but yeah. I should have managed it a little differently. Yeah, and I didn't, and um, that's you know that's my own error. So, are you more aware of, or at least like open to? people's uh, feelings, whether they're keeping their dissatisfactions or frustrations inside or... Yeah, well, I mean, obviously somewhat, but it's hard. I mean, if they're keeping everything inside, it's kind of hard sometimes to be able to tell. Yeah. Because I, I, you may not know this, but as a director, you're kind of busy sometimes. Um, huh. Interesting. Yeah, no, hard to believe. But um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that... I think what the situation, and yes, the answer to your question, but, you know, sometimes I think you are very, um, when you're used to working with people, you're just kind of accustomed to things, and, and you mm-hmm. sometimes lose sight of the fact that they have they have other things going on that's not just what you know them as at that moment. Yeah, and as a director, you're kind of yeah. gung-ho. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still my responsibility, and that was that was yeah. where I, I failed, and um, um and I'm not afraid to say I was wrong, because I was. And I'm not afraid to tell them I was wrong, because I was. I mean, she did everything right. She came to me personally. She didn't make it a big deal of it. And I, you know, I gave, I don't, I don't want to say I gave it lip service, because that's not really accurate. But I but I listened, but I didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. And I should have done a better job of that. And it, it, it was, you know, it was just a personality conflict with somebody else in, in, in that she was working with. And they had a, they, they, neither of them really liked each other. Um, and I didn't do a very good job of managing that. Now, sometimes you work with people you don't like and you just have to just, you mm-hmm. know, suck it up and do it. But mm-hmm. um, that's probably the biggest mistake I think that I, that, 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 I, that I can think of making outside of creative mistakes, which I, you know, that's basically every decision I make creatively is a mistake. But um, Well, I think that's part of... I mean, that's part of the process of figuring it out is just trying something so that you know if it works or if it doesn't. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, and trial and error is something. But once you get enough experience, you know what's, you know, look, I have a, it's a signature move, and I'm not the first, I didn't by any means invent this because it's been done long before I existed. But, you know, people uh, started to calling it, what is it, the Brenton Switch or the Brenton... Uh, <laughs> something like that but it's and you've seen it a million times it's I've done it in straight plays and musicals and and less in film because it's a different war but Mm -hmm. you know you have your two leads who are in the passionate singing a song about something and then Mm -hmm. in the middle of it they switch sides oh yep there it is but but I know but I know what I know when to do it I know it's it's because you you learn these things obviously and and you probably hit the lighting cue oh the lighting cues yeah I mean yeah you know but you do want to try and burn do something a little different each time yeah yeah, but but you still do it and I, I did it in straight plays which you know when they're not singing when there was the moment to right to do it and it's less it's a lot more subtle mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Because but it's still pretty, effective. It's still effective. Um, and you know, but there's there's other things. There's there's other little tricks in acting. Mm-hmm. You know, I was working with uh, someone playing Seymour in mm. uh, Little Shop, and there's you know we were just trying to build the right for his version of Seymour, and we were on stage with uh, Audrey, and I was like, okay, just try this. Reach for her, and then pull back. Don't actually touch her shoulder because mm-hmm. she's in front of him. You know, the, the stereotypical, uh, he's upstage of her. Just reach for her shoulder and use your left hand because it's the upstage hand, or downstage hand, uh, but, um, and pull it back because it's like you're reaching for her, but you can't. And it just just that little trick added so much detail and so much nuance. It's just, it's just an acting trick. Yeah. I mean, it's not even an acting trick. It's just a trick. I yeah. mean, because it's not really acting. But <laughs> but nevertheless, it added so much to that moment because, right. you know, which made suddenly Seymour even more... Compelling. And powerful. And that was, that was an adventure. Uh, he was brilliant. Brilliant. Just brilliant. And uh, Audrey was a lot of fun and really good, too. I can't really say enough good stuff about them. But, I mean, again, I've been very fortunate. I've never worked with people who sucked. Mm. Well, you seem very careful to kind of create the the people of... Um... The people that you're creating with. I mean, you seem to take a lot yeah, of Yeah, but, you know, sometimes, because I've worked as a show doctor before, too. Mm. And so you got to come in and fix a show. Yeah, and, that's a tough position to Well, you in. know, actually, it's not. If the director, no. well, it can be. Okay. If the director recognizes, I'm, I, I, need, I need a lot of help, go do yeah. it, then I can create all sorts of things. And, I, and, you know, coming in as an outsider, sometimes it's a lot of strength. Because, mm. you know, once you've worked with somebody, especially in a play, when you've been rehearsing for six weeks or four weeks or two weeks, however long it is, depending on your process and what play and what level, and you just you, know, you just know them and you're like, oh, God, I can't. But then they have somebody with a fresh set of eyes comes in and somebody who they think they should respect, which for, oh, I don't know why they should, but, they, you know, they think they should. Um, you know, it's, it's fun because I'm the guy from New York now. Um, so yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I live, I live in the Upper West Side. I'm not really, uh, but, but. <laughs> That doesn't really mean anything, but they, they don't know. So, um, <laughs> so they, they actually, Apple West Side's great. Love it. But anyhow, they, um, uh, they, they, they it brings this different set of, of, of eyes. And they, so, so sometimes you can change the whole dynamic by just being somebody new who they respect. Now, respect right. is very important. If they don't respect you, then nothing matters. Yeah. And that's so, but again, I'm intimidating because I wear a suit and have great hair. So, um, you really had to quit mentioning my hair. <laughs> I'll try. I'll yeah, try. It's hard. It is hard. It's hard not it to. is hard. Um, how are you doing on time? Because I do not want to take more than. How than do is I necessary. need to be doing on time? Let me ask you that. Oh, I have all day. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm. You know, I don't. I. I. I we're probably boring people at this point. <laughs> or I'm boring people. You're not. Because who? Who would be bored by you? <laughs> um, well, I'm thoroughly enjoying this conversation. Um, so as long as. Your comfortable time, then uh, I'd like yeah, to ask you a couple more questions. Sure, ask a few more cool. questions. Okay, cool. Um, so no. Oh wait. Oh well, <laughs> it wasn't really a yes or no question, oh, well. but <laughs> yes. Wait, no. Maybe. Maybe, perhaps, okay. perhaps would probably perhaps be the answer. Yeah. It's been a good p word kind of day. Plethora. It really has. Yeah. It really has. Um, yeah. So you mentioned we've mentioned Mozart a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, love him. I actually was wondering if, um, so I'm sure you're aware that there was kind of, he had a little bit of a rivalry between uh, himself and Salieri, a little bit of a rivalry. Uh, And so that got me thinking if there was 
any merit to like the right person wrong time sort of thing where and how artists can cope with that or creative people can cope with that where there's they're just like what an individual is creating is so potentially so powerful or meaningful or just a great expression or extension of them but they're being overshadowed or at least not appreciated um van gogh would be a, a good example well, so let's well, yeah let's talk a little bit about that first off to, to be that asshole let me correct the record a little bit because Sella, uh, i can't even say his name Sella, whatever not mozart <laughs> Sella, yeah it's always been a tough name for me to pronounce yeah um, it's a little tricky he actually really admired mozart and right yeah uh, the rivalry really is more of a creation of amadeus, of amadeus and, right and movie which is an incredible movie oh my, gosh, oh my goodness it's a great it. play too um milos forman is it's just brilliant but anyhow uh tom holtz is yeah um, oh my gosh so funny and became a broadway producer actually oh really uh, yeah produced american idiot uh, oh that's cool amongst other things which you think of mozart you think of green day uh but i can see it yeah but I, I, so there's a lot of answers to that first off remember bach mm-hmm. bach was barely known when he was uh alive and composing and years later is when people said oh my goodness gracious bach's incredible and he is i mean Find someone else who can that kind of counterpoint. Um, you know, so we often, just in life in general, we get lost in today. And people say, live for today, live for today. Well, no. Because I read something the other day where it was like, you know, if it feels good now, do it. I'm like, no. <laughs> That's just going to get you in trouble. You know, it's finding that balance of today and, and later. Because not everything's going to happen immediately. Patience, even if you're dead, but patience is, is actually a virtue. And mm-hmm. You can't compare yourself to what you're doing now. I mean, a perfect example is, I mean, there's, even in, 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 a, in a, there's rivalries all the time. And you compare yourself to your rival, whatever that is. You can't. Because their path is different than your path. You know, if, you know, if, 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 if you are a, if, if you're a, <laughs> If you're if you're a white person and your in your uh, arrival is an African American and she gets the color purple, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't getting the role. Yeah. You shouldn't get the role. Yeah. You know, and I'm not I'm not that's not to be harsh. It's just sometimes we create this incredible thing in our mind because we're very creative people, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we invite trouble when we don't need to. You know, we welcome the trouble in. I think the bigger issue is there are people that are substantially more successful than I am. Right now, are they better than me? Yeah, a lot of them are a lot better than me. Are they? Are there some that aren't that are extraordinarily successful? Yeah, am I'm successful, more successful than some people who are much better than I am. And that's the beautiful thing about this is that just because you're the most talented doesn't mean you're going to be the most successful, whatever that means. Mm. Now we're talking about everybody knowing you, commercial success. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily success either. Sometimes putting on a great product or creating something is success enough. But um, no matter what, where you are. You gotta still create. If you if you're about the, I want to be famous, then you're not really about the art. That's about your ego. Yeah. And I'm not saying here say I'm not gonna criticize anybody for wanting to to to, to be known to be more. I mean I, I I'd rather be remembered than famous. Mm. I'd rather be remembered for the right things too. Which mm. um, you know like putting on like creating something good and being a decent person. I fail, obviously, miserably at that one. But, um, you know, I, I think that, you 
know, the, 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 the people who aren't necessarily as well known, those rivals, use that rivalry to spur your own best work. This is not a race. You don't get, you know, a, a perfect 10 for being a great gymnast in this. It's everybody has their own creation, their own path, their own thing, and and you fall where you fall, and you've got to be okay with that going in. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to be Andrew Lloyd Webber, Stephen Schwartz, or or uh, Sondheim. You know, you know, not everybody's going. You, but you you can still create Ragtime, which is a beautiful show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You or um, uh, Jekyll and Hyde, which is a fun show. Or you're in town, or Hairspray, or bat boy <laughs> i'm just mentioning random musicals now <laughs> well no but it's important because those are such uh iconic shows and you know i think it's easy for uh, a group to kind of just emulate the the show and and do it but it's and the, there, the, there's you know value in that um but i think it's always interesting and intriguing at least to me when a show or a creator can go can push it a little bit to bring their voice and vision to well, it I, i'm always going to do that i mean yeah you know i can pick anything i've ever done that's you know any already existing play and i've put a definite brenton spin on it i mean again i think i think oklahoma should be about serial killers and i'm the only one who thinks that but um mm-hmm. it, it's definitely a different spin but you know go the 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 reality though is is when you talk about the rivals uh, again that's the reality that's i've said it like 19 times now uh, i hate those days when you get stuck on a word that's me most days yeah yeah um or phrase but it's not very creative but <laughs> um the um you know when it comes to the rivals um let Sondheim be Sondheim. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 go create Evan Hansen. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be Sondheim. Yeah. No one's ever going to be Sondheim. Specifically because Sondheim was Sondheim. Yeah, and and, yeah. and again, Andrew Lloyd Webber is Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. You know, and they're brilliant and they're incredible and they're, you know, you know they're going to be Tom Kitt is a brilliant brilliant person has a lot of successes and people are always going to remember Tom Kitt but they're going to remember Sondheim before they do him. Mm-hmm. And Tom Kitt deserves to be remembered. And also different. But anyway, uh, but Sondheim is, you know, don't don't worry about that. You can't control that. Mm-hmm. You, let Mozart be Mozart. Yeah. Let Beethoven be Beethoven. Tell me which one's more valuable. Well, that's actually another question I have. Who gets to decide what art has value, if any? You do. Whoever you yeah. are. You know, I think that, you know, we settle on certain things just because we, you know, because, and settle not in a negative, but we, we, it just kind of settles into the top echelon of people. Everybody knows Mozart. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, um, not everybody knows opera as well, so not everybody knows Puccini, but Puccini and, and Verdi and, 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 and well, Wagner's on a different world. Uh, but, um, you know, Billie Eilish, I mean, in in 50 years, is Billie Eilish going to be remembered? Well, yeah, she'll probably still be alive, but because <laughs> but, she, she's like <laughs> yeah. nine. Yeah. But, um, you know, is Madonna going to be remembered? Is Madonna great art? Bach wasn't remembered at his time. 
Mm-hmm. And he is now. Is that great art? Who decides it? I think it's there's, you know, there's usually a group of people who recognize it, and they be, it becomes great. It doesn't have to be everybody. That's the thing. It doesn't have to be universal. Not everybody loves Scorsese. Yeah. But I think there'll be nobody alive who can say Scorsese isn't brilliant. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, I'm not a huge Tarantino fan, but I sure as heck respect him. You know, and and, and I'm uh, you know. Not everybody's going to be Orson Welles, mm-hmm. going back to Citizen Kane. Nobody will be Orson Welles. Orson Welles was just a, his own, um, you know, but, or George Lucas, or Steven Spielberg. I mean, you know, these are great artists that popularly are, are, are known as be, to be great artists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we get a little too caught up in, well, it's not that artistic. <sighs> Shut up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is. It's creativity. And it, it may not be the art that, you know, and I'm guilty of that. I'm I'm just as guilty of that. But you know, E.T. is a brilliant thing. Close Encounters is a brilliant thing. 1941, which is Spielberg that not many people know, which is a bomb. I think, I think that was with John Belushi. But um, you know, but he also created Shrimp Schindler's List and Private Ryan, and you know, he, he, there's so much brilliance in and things like that. But there's also, you know, Kevin Smith is not Steven Spielberg. A little bit different. A lot different, but. Tell me, Clerks isn't a great movie, or Clerk isn't a great movie, uh, mm-hmm. or uh, is it Clerk? Whatever it is, the first one. Yeah. Uh, or and the second one's got Rosario Dawson. Who who doesn't love Rosario Dawson? Um, you know, or uh, you know, even though Chasing Amy has not aged well, uh, or Mallrats, or any of these that that, or or Jay and Silent Bob, you know, these great characters. But he's not doing Spielberg. That there's different segments, and you can still be great. And you're the one who decides what's great. Mm-hmm. You're the one who goes to the Met and looks at, uh, you know, Van Gogh or looks at uh, my favorite painting there, which is now off rotation, which is uh, Pygmalion. And and um, you see whether it's that's art or not. Now, there's curators who have been trained, obviously, and with good reason, and they, they can recognize that. But folk art's a great example of that. Howard Finster. That's not for everybody. Mm. I do not love Howard Finster. I'm, and I'm not going to be Howard Finster. I'm not going to go build a artwork in my backyard. Not that I have a backyard. I mean, I'm on the ninth floor. But, <laughs> um, which would be very difficult to do. But It would be very impressive. Well, I'm an impressive guy. But Howard Finster's an artist. And he's incredible. And he's brilliant. And it's just not my cup of tea. Mm. I think we need to do a little less uh, criticizing and a little more appreciation. I think we would be a much better place if we did that. I think so, too. I think appreciation goes a long way uh, in any respect, but especially when involved in involved in creativity. And it really, like, fosters that desire to play in those ways and to grow in those ways, too, which is always something that I enjoy. Um, we talked a little bit about, uh, we touched on the concept of innate, talent versus uh, acquired skill and I was wondering if you if well one I guess if there's uh, a difference really between the two and if you can see that yeah, in so, somebody so that's a very interesting question and eight talent is just potential okay uh, because without without proper uh, encouragement training, it's just potential. It never mm-hmm. develops. Mm-hmm. There's n- there, 
With the ex- possible exception of Mozart, and even he had training. Yeah. Nobody can just go and do stuff. You can't just write an uh, If you don't understand just the basics of how to write an opera, you can't write an opera. Writing plays are a little different because it's if you if you can learn to write, you can learn the formatting, and that's that's minor stuff. But but acting is probably the most obvious one for me. Um, there are people who are innately they in a, in a word I can't say right now. Mm-hmm. I'm having trouble trouble. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! I'm having trouble speaking today. And that's gonna be it. We're gonna take uh, Brenton to the hospital. Yeah, now. It's, it's a small stroke. I'll be fine. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's because you didn't get your coffee. Well, I mean, my shoes got my coffee right now. But yeah. um, but no. So um, you know, there are people that you can look at and you're like, yeah, they they've got something there. And and, and I'll tell you that. For an actor, in my view, the most important aspect is presence. Mm. If you can, if you look at that stage or all oh, that 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 screen, and you can, and they just stand out for some reason, it's charisma, it's 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 um, charm, or whatever the case may be. Pick a word. It's that presence. That's the starting point. If someone has presence, you can do anything, mm. and it forgives a lot of lack of skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still, and, I, and that's something that you can see. You can see somebody because you just feel it. It's something you feel, and it's something that just radiates. Because, and you, if they're on stage, just as an example, you never lose them on stage, even if they are tree number four on the left. Yeah. Or In very big role. It's if it, people don't understand the importance of that role. Yeah. I mean, I keep talk about appreciation. It. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but but there are people. There's also people who you know, don't necessarily have that presence who can develop into a fine actor, an excellent actor, using technical aspects. But the person who has that presence, if they start technically learning the art of acting, how that technical art, but anyway, the, the art of acting, if, uh, the, the, you know, if they read Stanislavski, if they understand Stanislavski, I mean, every actor should read, you know, uh, 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 an actor prepares. I mean, every actor should read Stanislavski. They should be as broadly understanding of, of acting techniques. I mean, there's a lot of acting techniques that say, you have to learn this. You have to be Meissner. You have to be Adler. I don't subscribe to that. I'm like, you have to have a toolbox. Mm-hmm. And you have to pull and, and what's going to work best for you because, yeah. you know, Adler may not be right for Sarah. There's a joke in there, but I'm going to let you figure that one out. Yeah, I got uh, it. But, but, <laughs> but your style will be your style. It could pull from Adler. It could pull from Meister. It could pull from Chekhov. It could pull from... Uh, you know, viewpoints, which is a great one, which is, you could pull from, which isn't a stop, but you never mind. Anyway, it could pull from Strasbourg, um, you know, and you, you, you create what you need to create to create your own process. You have to have a process to do it. But that goes back to the innate versus the, the acquiring talent, the acquiring skills. You have to acquire your skills, even if you are innately great. To mm. be great, mm-hmm. you have to do that. And you have to work your ass off. Mm. I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you come in there with the most beautiful voice. You've got to learn how to sing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you move extraordinarily well. You got to learn how to dance. Mm. You know, I don't care if you can come in there and and act. Just in it, you still have to refine your skills, and it never stops. You can always get better. Mm-hmm. You always can acquire more skills, no matter how good you are. Meryl Streep is maybe just Meryl Streep. I mean, there's no other way to word it. Yeah, but she she I mean she could get better. Oh. I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, she would find a way. That's the but thing. she would. I mean, you know, look at someone like De Niro, uh, or there, I mean, there's so many, there's so many great actors out there, and 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 there's so many great young actors out there that 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 are. I can't wait. Hopefully, I live long enough to see 
how they grow and how they develop and how, you know, uh, uh, Tom Holland is a phenomenal actor, a phenomenal actor, you know, Spider-Man aside, he's a phenomenal, I mean, not, that's not saying anything negative about it, just he's great, Zendaya, oh my goodness gracious, how good is Zendaya? And you talk about presence, she's on screen, you can't take your eyes off of it. Um, you know, Robert uh, 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 Pattinson. Pattinson, I mean, what a good young actor. Oh my gosh, so good. So I mean, good. as I, or I, I like to call him uh, Cedric Cullen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Edward Diggory, either one. Cedric, yeah. yeah He's yeah. always going to be Cedric to me. Harry yeah. Potter. There's another one. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. People, oh, yeah. I mean, and that's the problem with people like Daniel Radcliffe or, 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 or uh, Robert Pattinson to a degree, or Kristen Stewart, that say you get pigeonholed it. Well, he's Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is, and he always will be, but look at any of his other work. <laughs> And he and, is also. <laughs> and, yes, exactly. I mean, uh, he was in Equus on Broadway. He was in, uh, in um, um, which is an incredible play. Uh, he is in, um, uh, was in uh, uh, Business. I can't remember the name of the play. It'll come to me in a second. But anyway, he was in a, in a musical. Um, and, and, and how to get it. No, that's not it. Anyway, he was just brilliant. And, and if you look at his work on films, I mean, just uh, some of the stuff that he does, he's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I mean, mm-hmm. and don't even get me started on Emma Watson. Um, Iconic. I mean, she's always Hermione. Yeah. Always. Yeah. But she is a phenomenal actor, and that, that doesn't even get to the folks who were the adults. In um, in in uh, I mean, uh, unfortunately, we lost um, Alec Rickman, Alan Rickman way too early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but look at any of his other work. Just I mean, look at Die Hard, obviously, but that was his first stuff. But he's just a, he's a brilliant actor and. Uh, Richard Harris, who was the first Dumbledore, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, just the, the the point is, is that you can always, always, always improve. And what I highly recommend anybody who's who's a who's interested in acting in general is to look at the early '80s, around there, maybe late '70s, Royal Shakespeare stuff. They have Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart, and they, I think oh, wow. I think Helen Mirren's even in that. I mean, wow. maybe mid '70s or but but just just if you want to see acting, oh my goodness, look at them act. Watch them act. You also a great thing to look at is uh, uh, look at Jodie Foster and um, Anthony Hopkins and Silence of the Lambs when when Clarice first meets uh, Hannibal Lecter. If you want to see acting, yeah. you want to see two great actors just go at it. Watch that or watch uh, Spencer Tracy. I think it was Frederick March. I can't remember. In um, and here at the wind in the courtroom scene. I mean, it just it, it blows you away on how good these actors are, and these are inherit the winds. One of those forgotten things because it's been a long time, like eighty years, almost seventy years, uh, when it was out there, but it still holds up. Uh, I had someone uh, text me this morning. Uh, they, they were getting ready to take a flight, and, uh, and they said, "Should I watch uh, James Cagney's?" Um, uh, I don't remember the, the one of the James Cagney said yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean, well, why I is should... that a question? Yeah, I mean, and, and and you know, there's an appreciation for those things that people forget, mm-hmm. because I mean, and, and I mean, it's not a fault. I don't expect somebody who was born in 1999 to to inherently know the Big Bopper. I mean, they should know Chantilly Lace, but you know, I don't expect them to. I don't expect them to know necessarily, uh, or someone born in 2010 to have a great understanding of Nirvana. Well, they shouldn't have Nirvana, but <laughs> but to to be able to go back and look at these folks and to be able to go back and look at Cagney or and to 
um, uh, I think it was, uh, what, what I'm going to tell you right now because it's it's driving me insane. But to go back and look at Cagney in, in um, um, uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy, for example. Oh, just, yeah. a, just a brilliant thing. Uh, yeah. Or uh, in this case... It was Public Enemy, duh. Oh, okay, uh, you know, yeah. She, she asked me if I should watch Public Enemy. I was like, uh, yeah. She said Public Enemy or Dune. It's like, well, you need to watch Dune on a bigger screen. Yeah, that, watch... that'd be a hard airplane I, movie. Yeah, I, that's some movies need to. I mean, Dune needs to be on a much bigger screen, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. you don't need to have all the interruptions and all that no. kind of stuff. So no, no. Um, and I, that's that's funny because on airplanes I tend to watch the older movies mm-hmm. when I watch movies at all. But I mean, I, um, um, I, uh, I watched. Oh, I can't remember the western I watched, but it was a John. It was just. I mean, I watched old movies, uh, black and white. And I think we all should go back and watch our history of of of, of cinema. We should understand our history of. Of theater now, you know, again, Oklahoma people are they they trash Oklahoma, and, I, and I'm I'm guilty of it too because it's so old. Mm-hmm. But it's also talking about brilliance and creativity. It's brilliant. We don't have anything without Oklahoma. No. Showboat in Oklahoma. That's how we started the entire musical theater world oh, that yeah. we know today. And yeah. we need to know that. And we need to go back there. We need to be able to approach that. And we need to be able to look at Oklahoma with fresh eyes. The recent production, I think it's 2018, 19, somewhere on there, that they did in Oklahoma. It's just, they reimagined it, which Rodgers and Hammerstein uh, Foundation let them do it. And it was brilliant. It was wonderful. Um, you know, Showboat's obviously got some problematic things in it. But it's still, I mean, it's way ahead of its time with a look at... Uh, at uh, multiracial relationships and, and, and just it's a lot of stuff but you know we if, if we as a creative community look back at our history how much that can help shape our future is um, amazing and I mean that's not just in creating mean, just the world in general we can look at the, the same mistakes we're making today and we can look back at the mistakes we made 20 years ago or 50 years ago or six I mean you can look at the John Birch Society directly and look at the the age of Trump right now now there's so obviously it's not a, total parallels but there's a lot of similarities you know you can look at so much of history and and, and be able to shape where we are today and in the future and we, if we would learn from it but we don't and strangely history is more subjective than people recognize mm-hmm. but when it comes to the history the true history of of our world, meaning the creative world, meaning whether it be, uh, you know, going back to the pre-Raphaelites or before that to Raphael, which obviously, uh, or going back to you know uh, uh, the, the impressionist, or going back to, uh, and, and obviously I'm stuck in 19th century uh, European art right now, but um, well, not, not Raphael, but still, um, or or if you look at at at, at um, you know Bach or or Haydn or Handel or or uh, our, our buddy Wolfgang, or Love him. or my buddy Ludwig. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> big, oh, big, big. Oh, for sure. Or if you, if, if you uh, 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 Tchaikovsky. Oh my goodness gracious! I mean, the, his Sixth Symphony. If you the Pathetique. If you listen to that, and or, or and then Wagner. Wagner. Wagner comes in. <laughs> Wagner. Uh, where am I from? Wagner comes in, and you know, you talk about Beethoven slapping you. Wagner comes in like cuts cuts limbs off. I mean, he's. Just, oh yeah. But and, and you go to Puccini and, and Verdi before that, and and and, and you go into Barber, if you listen to Samuel Barber with, mm-hmm. and, 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 you, and you can trace the history of the music, and you, if you look at the history of theater, and you go to ancient Greek mm-hmm. and, and, and then and then obviously everyone skips the rest and goes straight to Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> and why not? That's how it goes. Well, I could stick a say in, in Shakespeare for a while. Um, yeah. I think but, we all could. Well, I mean, there's some brilliance to that, but if you, if you understand, 
you can learn so much about just how to structure things, mm-hmm. how to structure a play. Mm-hmm. If you read George Bernard Shaw, read Pygmalion from George Bernard Shaw, and don't confuse it with My Fair Lady in a book report like somebody did in 10th or 11th grade. 11th grade, that was me. Yeah, I did that. I was going to ask if that was you. That was me. Yeah. I, I didn't read it. Um, Got it. <laughs> I said, ah, oh, it's... I read it later, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but I read it after I was realized, oops, because it, it doesn't end the same way. Uh, uh, the rest of it's very similar, but of course mm-hmm. we had to have a Hollywood ending uh, or a Broadway of ending course, in this case. Of so, but um, still, I mean, but still, you look at uh, look at look at how Oscar Wilde structured things. Look how Arthur Miller structured things. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and again, I go back to Lynn Nottage, and uh, there's uh, some great uh, um, uh, uh Hispanic playwrights that we uh, we should in, in books we should read. And, I mean, the, it's not Hispanic necessarily, but it's, but, uh, it's Spanish. Don Quixote, the, the mm-hmm. novel, is one of the great world novels. And it, I mean, Cyrano, which is coming out uh, with uh, if you look at the original Cyrano de Bergerac, uh, and then look look at the, uh, Steve Martin did Roxanne back in the eighties, which is a brilliant mm-hmm. little funny little movie with Daryl Hannah and. Um, uh, Shelley Duvall, and it's 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 it's. But we can go back, and you can look at all these great things, and you can start to realize how you can expand and create that create that, and then create something completely new and it's completely wild. And look at a lot of the avant. Oh, I'm getting some wild now. Look at the uh, look at some of the avant garde French directors, oh, and, yeah. and how they just reimagine stuff. Look at David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Find me anybody like David Lynch, either as a director or as a human being. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm, you know, look at Eraserhead, and then like, what the hell did I just watch? I and mean, then appreciate how incredible it is, or Blue Velvet, or obviously Twin Peaks, the the television show, um, the the original one that was uh, back in the late '80s, early '90s, and 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 then of course the one that came on Showtime recently. But but uh, but look at look at um, you know Lost Highway, or look at um, any of his work, uh, Inland Empire, uh, uh, Mulholland, is it Mulholland Drive or Mulholland Falls? The other one's the Nick Nolte one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, look at that, and, and, and it's just so extraordinarily creative. Technically, is it brilliant? Yes, of course it is, but no. I mean, it's not as brilliant as, say, some of the stuff that Cameron did with, uh, James Cameron did with anything, honestly. But, uh, you know, because he's a very technical director, but David Lynch just came up with this, complete, and he tells his story in a completely... David Lynchian way, but he doesn't do it if he doesn't watch Citizen Kane. Yeah. And he doesn't do it if um, Victor Fleming doesn't exist. I mean, you know, Gone with Wind again has so many racial issues and so many issues with it, but I mean, the work is brilliant. Um, you know, uh, uh, The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we just assume The Wizard of Oz is just there. Mm-hmm. It was a work of creative brilliance. Black and white to color. Yeah. You know, look... look <laughs> why? I don't know I'm going to recommend this. Look at the jazz singer from the 70s with Neil Diamond and Laurence Olivier, the greatest actor to ever live, in someone's humble opinion. <laughs> um, and that's a hard one, actually, if I had to pick the greatest actor to ever live, because, I mean, there's so many incredible uh, yeah. ones. I mean, yeah, Laurence well, Olivier sure. is one of my favorites. Um... Uh, uh, John Gilgood, Sir John Gilgood was incredible. Anthony Hopkins is an incredible actor. Uh, Johnny Depp, I, Johnny, oh, Depp man. Johnny Depp, he created some incredible characters. Yeah, I mean the, his entrance with uh, Jack Sparrow and and, oh, and it's, it's such iconic. a oh my goodness, and what an iconic character. And yeah. Edward Scissorhands, I and mean, Tim Burton's a great director. I love Edward yeah, oh no, he's amazing. And I mean today you got Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. who um, you know the the the. the 
I think it's fair to say that he redefined the superhero genre. Absolutely. With with the Batman trilogy that he did, and of course, Dark Knight is one of the great just movies mm-hmm. of all time with Heath Ledger, who was again such a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, um, uh, but you know, Inception uh, is is a phenomenal movie, and and uh, uh, Memento with uh, Guy Pierce is such a great movie. Guy Pierce also had a really good movie in '96 or '7 uh, with um, L.A. Confidential, mm-hmm. which I. Do highly recommend. Um, we um, Guy Pierce is a, an underappreciated actor. Um, does some great stuff. Uh, but there, there's so many great actors. I mean, there's so many great actors, and but they all, you know, no one just woke up and said, "Okay, I'm going to be an actor," and walked on set. They worked hard to get back to what we were talking about. Eventually, mm-hmm. they worked their rear end off. You think it's, you know, easy, and it's not. Millie Bobby Brown, she was, what, 9 or 12 or however old when Yeah. And you yeah. talk about innate talent. Yeah, she's got it. She's got that charisma. But she's mm-hmm. working her rear end off. Yeah. Those, the, the other kids that were in that, uh, what's the wolf, the guy was, uh, what's his name? I don't know any of their names Doesn't except matter. for her. Uh, he, but he, I mean, he works hard and he's, he's he got a lot of charisma. They all, they have that charisma. Mm-hmm. They have that presence. And, of course, it also has Winona Ryder, who was America's sweetheart in the 90s. Yeah. Uh and my favorite movie of hers is not Beetlejuice, strikingly, Dracula. Oh, Bram yeah. Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, yeah Francis yeah. Ford Coppola, his vision for that. Well, I mean, it was just it just um, extraordinary. And of course, you know. But again, it goes back to the appreciation of things. Kenneth Branagh is probably one of the premier Shakespearean directors uh, today, mainly because he's done a lot of them, but he's also, I'm, I'm a big fan of what he does. He's also an incredible director and an incredible actor. Uh, I highly recommend seeing his Hamlet, if you have four hours. Um, and his Much Ado has uh, Denzel in it and Keanu Reeves in it and uh, Kate Beckinsale, so I think it's her first movie. And of course his wife was in the Thompson. He does uh, Beatrice, was it Much Ado? Am I thinking Much Ado? Is that Beatrice and Benedict or is that? Doesn't matter. Anyway, um, you know, just, yeah, it is. Um, you know, just look at some of his work or look at Ian McKellen's Richard III. Um, oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm stuck on Shakespeare and I apologize. But, <laughs> but and I'm, I'm going off on a tangent on great actors, which, I, and I apologize to you for that. But um, my point in all of that is, going back to the original questions, you've got to work. Yeah. you got to, whether you're going to be a director, you got to learn the, you know, the, I mean, and I'm still learning. Obviously, I'm always going to be learning. I mean, I have to learn. I'm not a great technical director here's mm-hmm. what I mean by that I know what lighting I want and I can generally do lighting that's not a problem but when it comes to lenses for example I know what I'm looking for specifically but I don't always know the exact lens I need yeah, yeah. And, and that's something I still have to learn mm-hmm. from a from a from a film perspective from a stage perspective sometimes um, you know this is where you hire the great technical directors to come in I know what I want to accomplish I don't always know the exact way I'm going to do it mm-hmm. and I have ideas but I mm-hmm. want other people so there's always things to learn there's always ways to learn and so no matter where you are in your career whether you're just starting out as a nine-year-old on stranger things or whether you're Anthony Hopkins um, you know you still can grow and, mm-hmm. and still will grow and should grow and the great ones always continue to grow Meryl Streep will always be Meryl Streep yeah, and Meryl Streep will always bring something extraordinary, because she is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's any secret to anybody. Oh no, not at all. Well, considering how much of an impact uh, art has on the world that we live in and the way that we progress as a species and as people, 
Um, is it a bigger disservice for somebody to waste their artistic talent or never to unleash their potential? That's a very interesting question. They're very related on that. And I don't think that I'm here to tell anybody what they should do. So again, I was talking to a friend, and she she was very talented, but she wanted to do a different direction. She wanted to go into medicine, and what a waste! I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, who am I to say no? You're wasting your talent. Yeah. Is it a disservice that she's finding something that she's passionate about? If you're not passionate about it, you're not wasting it because you're not going to be getting good at it. Mm. I mean, it's this isn't you know auto mechanics, which mm-hmm. you still if you're passionate about being an auto mechanic, it's even better. But people can learn how to be an auto mechanic, and there's good and bad ones certainly. I mean, but. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily, and we need them. I mean, and oh my God, I respect the heck out of them. I mean, I had I changed a water pump once in my car, and I was like, what the heck am I doing? Did um, it work? Yeah, yeah. That That's was impressive. A, it wasn't just me. No. Um, well. It was a cast of thousands. Um, or just my father, I can't remember. But anyway. A cast um, of thousands. <laughs> Well, that's me. I like to put cast of thousands and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was once tasked with writing something because I did a lot of ghostwriting. I was tasked with writing something really tiny for two people and suddenly had like 57 people on stage. But wow. I was like, this isn't exactly what I asked for, but it's good. <laughs> um, I had to pare that one down to just two again. Sure. But, but sure. no, I mean, I don't want to see anybody. I don't want them to waste their potential because they don't feel like they can do it. Mm-hmm. If they want to, if they, if they have to do it, then they need to do it. Yeah. If they don't, that's a waste. But if someone is really talented and wants to, you know, be a painter on walls or or, or a, a, a accountant, well, no one should ever be an accountant. No, but or 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 you know, um, you work a nine to five, and that's what they're really. Then I'm not going to sit here and tell them that they're wrong mm-hmm. for doing that. I hate seeing wasted. Uh, I don't want to say wasted potential because sometimes. You, you try really hard and you just don't reach it and your potential the, theoretically is wasted there. Yeah. But I don't want to, I, I hate to see people not try when they want to do it, when they feel like they have to do it. And that is one of the keys is that you, you know, if I ask you, if you don't do it, what are you going to do? And you have an easy answer, maybe you should rethink it. Um, you know, well, I want to be an actor. Okay, well, let's say you don't want to be, let's say you don't make it, what are you going to do? I'm going to be a car salesman. Yeah, when you already have that alternative yeah. life path. It's right okay there. to be smart. It's okay mm-hmm. to say, well, I probably should do this or this. I don't really want to do this, but if I, if I fail at this, then I probably will go back to do that. That's different than saying, you know, because that's, you know, we all have multivariate interests, though. You have multivariate interest. I do. You have so many things that you want to do. Yes. And, you know, the beautiful thing is you can do them, especially if you're a creative type. Yeah. Um, you know, but if you spend you know, 12 years going to school and becoming a doctor and going through your residency and going, you know, it's highly unlikely, A, that you can afford to suddenly be drop everything and become a painter. Mm-hmm. I guess you could. But, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't want to tell people what they should and shouldn't do, but I do want to encourage people when they have that, that, this disease of creativity. I, I'm, I'm never going to tell somebody it's too hard, you shouldn't do it. I'll never tell anybody that because it is, it, it can be hard. Mm-hmm. So it can be an accountant. Oh, yeah. Again, there are failed attorneys out there. Now, I do say that if you want to do it, you've got to show me that you want to work at it. Because mm-hmm. if you're not willing to work at it, you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always the one out of a bajillion that 
you know, are walking down the street and they, they have a particular look and, and suddenly they're, you know, they, they get land in this gigantic franchise and then they're suddenly doing stuff. Mm-hmm. But that almost never happens. There are very few Peggy Sawyers in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyone get that reference, Peggy Sawyer? Oh, it's just you and I in the room. Um, 40 seconds. <laughs> and the room. poltergeist. And the poltergeist, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so then what does... Um, I think both you and I know that creative people have this uh, just need and necessity to create and be artistic and explore and just see the world and contribute to the world in those artistic ways. But to people who aren't really, who aren't, don't see themselves like that or have never really played with their creativity at all, what does being a creative mean to you? How would you define it? The willful act of creating. It doesn't matter if you have done it before. It doesn't matter if you are good. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Again, we talked on that. Just do it. Just create something. It doesn't matter that you feel like you can't. The only w- way that you can't is if you don't try. Mm-hmm. If you try, you're automatically doing it. Yeah. If you Being creative. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean, again... If, you're, if your goal is to be the best ever and you've never done it, then you have a lot of training to do and you have a lot of stuff. But it's just like I tell budding writers, just write. It doesn't matter how good it is. Just write. I mean, I've been writing all my life and it's still not very good. Uh, but keep doing it. But I keep doing it. And most people are like, what the hell is this? But um, <laughs> and why are you still using paper? I very rarely use paper anymore. Um, poetry I do. We're back. It seems, yeah, it seems like a good way for poetry um good thing i don't write a lot of poetry though um, <laughs> you're saving trees <laughs> the, the benefit of sucking at poetry has saved a lot of trees yeah uh but no i mean just write and or just you know if you don't know how to write music and you want to play something if you don't know how to play something hum it you know if you don't know how to hum then you know get a kazoo which is still humming i guess but um get a stick beat yeah. it i mean you know I, I encourage everybody to create something. You know, you, you know, start that needle point. Figure mm-hmm. out how to have a different shower. You know, figure out a way to. I mean, don't be stupid and try and jack up a car with like a twig. I mean, you know, you got to be smart about it. But take a class. Go to dance. Go go take a dance class. You've never danced. Go take Irish dancing. Go take ballroom dancing. Oh, I would love to take ballroom dancing. Yeah, you should. I should. Yeah. There's one, lots of ballroom places around. One here. of my students actually was saying, What should I do? Should I do this, the X, Y, or Z? I said, Take ballroom. It'd be great for her. She loves it. She became an instructor and everything. Wow, that's amazing. She's a really good dancer, anyway. But um, she took other dancing, too. Sure, sure, sure. It's like dancing or hip hop. I'm like, Yeah, you can always learn hip hop. Go take ballroom. Oh, yeah. They feed into each other. Um, and, um, you know, hip hop dancing is its own art form, don't get me wrong. Well, that's the other thing. Art forms can be anything. Yeah. And, and I'm not here to judge your art form. I'm here to be a critic because I'm a natural critic, but I shouldn't be. <laughs> but it's also my job to tell people, because I was a director, you have to you have to break people's hearts sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got this role, and you're like, well, sorry, you suck. Okay, you don't say that. But, um, well, I do say it to some people, but that's because they know where it's coming from. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, uh, my one, uh, the, uh, the person I was just talking about, ballroom dancing, I'm like, you know, okay, so I said, do it again, but don't suck this time. I'll tell her that all the time. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But, uh, again, that's part of my charm. Charming asshole. See what I'm telling you? I, I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see it all the time, the asshole part. The charming part's <laughs> a struggle for you. Uh, but, no, I mean, just go do it. Quit waiting. Mm-hmm. Quit waiting. Quit making excuses. 
yeah, you suck. Who cares? Go do it. Mm-hmm. You know, get better. The only way you're going to get better at this is doing it. Yeah. The only way you're going to get better at most things is doing it. Yeah, it's nice to have a basis. We're all guilty of this. I'm as guilty of this as anybody. So we want to be perfect when we try something. Well, you're never going to be perfect the first time out. Right. And you're never going to be perfect, period. Especially in this. You're never going to be a perfect dancer. You'd be a great dancer, but you're never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Brishnikov was never perfect. Gregory Hines was never perfect. They were close as you're going to get, but they weren't perfect. You know, go, go just quit making an excuse and do, go do it. Go write that book. Go, you know, sew that sheet together or whatever it is. I mean, go paint. You know, go throw some paint at something. You know, go create art on the wall I mean, of, of, of a, you know, go do graffiti, whatever. I mean, within legal limits of graffiti, obviously. But still, <laughs> you know, go create what you're going to create. If you, if, if you feel like it, just do it. And don't worry about the process. Figure out the process later. You can learn the process, but get your original idea out there. And then reshape it once you learn what the hell you're doing. I'm censoring myself. Uh, but, you know, learn what you're doing afterwards. If just if You can figure it out. Get the idea down, and then you can make it better. You can always go back and make it better. Mm-hmm. I mean, George Lucas is continuously making changing to Star Wars. Sure, sure. You know, um, Andrew Lloyd Webber goes back and makes, you know, uh, and that's the important thing of anybody who's just starting, especially writers. Just write it. Don't worry about the first draft. Write it. Get it out. Fix it later. That's such an important uh, thing to to live by. I think the act of not living in revision, like in the moment, uh, just being present. Well... And again, we talked a little bit about that before. There's some yeah. risks to that. You still have to look for the future, but you ha- you can't get to the future unless you do that as a present. Exactly. And exactly. you know, going back to Mozart and Beethoven, look at the, look at their the, their works. Look at Mozart. It's very crisp. It's very almost perfect when he first wrote it out. Yeah. Because he's freaking Mozart. And then look at Beethoven. It's like this mess of stuff. And, he's, <laughs> and, and but who's better? Yeah. <laughs> Revisions are fine. Go back and get it out. Yeah. Um, you know. Writing a song, go back and fix it later. Yeah. You know, doing choreography, go back and fix. Doing an art now, obviously, if you have a canvas, that's why you. If you look at artists, they have different you know, different versions to get to the final mm-hmm. because they keep they keep refining it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little harder with a piece of marble, but still, you can always you know you have a plan. Yeah. Now, and generally, I would advise that if you want to become a sculptor, don't just start getting the chisel and doing stuff because it's just going to be a mess. But but still, fundamentally, the fundamentals are there. There's a little bit of strategy involved in approaching some, but, any sort of art form. But, but I think. just freaking do it. Yeah. Don't worry about being good right now. Be right. good later. Right. Well, it's such a um, a nice kind of alleviating thing to know that it's that you are anybody is capable of just jumping into something and trying. And I think that that's so important for anybody to you know start to just start something, a process, and get that ball rolling. Um, so I think that those are some great words of encouragement. Yeah, they're words. Uh, <laughs> and don't get discouraged because yeah. you're going to fail. Yeah, At some it's part point, of the process. And um, the, the secret is get your, get your ass back up. Mm-hmm. Fail and try it again. Mm-hmm. Fail again. Yeah, and then try it again. Going. And, you know... You're right. Failure is exactly part of the process, and you will find nobody out there who didn't fail somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've actually been very good at failing. I've actually mastered the art of failing. Good. Yeah, I'm good at it. 
<laughs> so you know exactly what to look for in your learning. No, I just know how to fail. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all have our strengths, and failure seems to be mine. Uh, okay. Yeah, um, in hair, but um, <laughs> never failed at that. Well, well that's not true. I've actually had some horrible hair. You should see me during, like, during the height of the pandemic. Uh-huh. I had this, like, Einstein thing going. It was Did you of, really? Yeah, it was really well, yeah. I'm, wow. In college, we, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, uh, we, you know, this, uh, okay, anyway, has multiple characters from history. Okay. And we went, our whole uh, suite in college went as uh, Bill and Ted's, and I, I just happened to be Beethoven because I could do the hair. Oh, thing, so. I see, I see. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bill and Ted. I highly recommend Bill. Keanu okay. Reeves, Alex Winter, though. Oh, I love yeah. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Who doesn't love Keanu Reeves? <laughs> yeah, you would have to be a psychopath if, if you didn't. Yeah. I mean, who cares <laughs> if he can act or not? I mean, I'm not saying he can't, but who cares? He's Keanu Reeves. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Um, well, I have one more question for you. Uh, if you could only create one art, piece of artwork, or really just anything... But you would only have one thing that would last after you pass. And you could only leave one thing with the world that of your creation. What do you think you would want that one thing to be? I haven't created it yet. And I think obviously... How do you pick your child? How do you pick your favorite child? It's easy. It's me. But, <laughs> I mean, it was for my parents. But, how do you do that? How do you pick the you know the child you want to live? Sophie's Choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a horrible reference. And just, because uh, it's nowhere near what Sophie's Choice was. But how do you pick your child? How do you pick which child lives after you? How do you pick which pet goes on? How do you, you can't. And I don't think that it's for me to decide that. I think it's for the people who hopefully will remember me if anybody does, which I'm not sure that they will, but to make that decision. And it's for that work to make that decision. So, you know, do I have some ideas of what, if, if I had to stop now and say what everything I've ever created, what it would be? I mean, I can say some things it probably wouldn't be. <laughs> but I think what's more important to me is not, yeah, the, the whatever piece of art, but I think it's more important that I left an impression with people, mm. and that I helped shape and help launch other people to be able to create their world and their visions and their life. I mean, the you know the actors that I've helped develop, you know the 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 my two real proteges who are both you know one's working on the West End, the other's on tour here in the U.S. right now. I mean, my hope is that they can launch into becoming this incredible, and they will these incredible artistic giants and they're going to or how the actors that I've just helped in any way shape or form can just grow to, be, to have their dreams realized and, and whatever their dreams may be realized I think ultimately that's more important than any specific piece of work that is remembered because at the end of the day the whole concept of art is to touch people in a healthy way um, and whether it be a play or a film or, or whatever that I've written or directed, I don't. It, it's, that's not more important than the the, the person who who uh, gave an opportunity to shine, to become what they want to be. That's the art of creation right there. It's not just 
something tangible. As a matter of fact, I would argue that art and creativity is not a tangible. And we're getting really serious because I'm getting lower and lower. Um, it's a serious question. But to see someone who I've helped develop, create this incredible musical, which is their passion, or someone, you know, win that Academy Award or that Tony that I helped foster, or just make it or just live their dream out, or or somebody who I just said one word to and they said, I'm going to do something with that, and it inspired them. Is there anything more powerful than that? Is there anything more important than that? I, I can't think of anything. I mean, obviously survival, but, you know, that makes the world a better place. And it's not just me. I mean, I'm just a small little cog in a, and a cog is probably the wrong word, but I'm just a small piece in this gigantic puzzle of, of, of anybody's life, of anybody, you know, my, my, the acting student I just spoke of frequently, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big influence because she reaches out to me for advice all the time, but I'm not the, I'm not the only one. And I'm not the one that's actually going to do it. She's the one that puts in all the work. She's the one that's going to make it happen. But her, you know, her her theater teacher in high school, her musical theater teacher, her musical director, they had a huge impact on her and helped shape who she is. Her mother, who's been extraordinarily supportive, and if every mother were like her, first off, we'd have too many stage moms, but she's, I mean, she was inc- she'll do anything to help her daughter reach her dreams. I mean, if we had more parents that would encourage them to follow their dreams, whatever they are, unless their dream is like to be a Nazi, in which case don't do that, but, you know, you get the point. Just think how much better the world would be. Think how much incredible opportunities that we would have. Not everybody's going to be Bernadette Peters. Not everybody's going to be Andrew Lloyd Webber, but you can damn well be the best you you can be, and you can create beauty, whether it be on the big stage in New York or at London or or whether it be on the big screen in, in Atlanta, uh, Hollywood, or New York, or wherever, or whether it be in a community theater in Dothan, Alabama, or Omaha, Nebraska, or Boise, Idaho, or wherever, you're still bringing something incredible to the world. Do that. The rest will take care of itself. I talk a lot. <laughs> I I really appreciate that sentiment. Yeah, I think I think that's right on on point. You know, just giving as much as you can to to others to support them and letting them figure out their own paths and how to make their mark. I think is important. Well, I think that's more important than you know the bad man being the greatest short film in the history of mankind and living. I mean that. I mean it's not, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I think that's more important. I think it's more important yeah. that maybe just two words from me helped you down your path and finding whatever you're going to find, whether it be, you know, creating a podcast or whether it be writing and directing or creating children's books or whatever. I think if it's just two words of encouragement from me that just helped you, that's more important than anything else I've done. Mm-hmm. This isn't about me. It shouldn't be about me. It's, again, it's about the art form in the world as a whole and other people mm-hmm. you know art intrinsically is a very selfish um thing like anything is but so is going to work every day yeah but unlike m- many selfish pursuits outside of maybe uh, 
you know, Florence Nightingale or Mother Teresa, um, it's also a very selfless thing. You have to give, you have to give of yourself to be an artist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't, I think we lose sight of that sometimes because, you know, it's all about, hey, look at me, I'm famous. But you give, if you're an actor, you have to give so much of yourself. If you're a painter, you're giving so much. That's just the time. I mean, literally Van Gogh is, I mean, there's Van Gogh on Van Gogh. And, of mm-hmm. course, a lot of it because he did a lot of self-portraits. But still, even some, I mean, just, you, you just, and you, and you know Van Gogh when you see him. You, you really do. I mean, there's just no, it's hard to miss. I mean, it really is. Um, and so, you know, while it is inherently selfish, it's also... Very, it's also such a giving form, and I just tend to fall into the, the the format of I'd rather give more for as an artist than I would, you know, let it be about me. And that, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not. And maybe that's because I have so little talent. But it has more to do with the fact that, you know, I think that we need to give more and quit worrying so much about me, 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 in, in art or in life. Mm. I agree. Well, in in the spirit of giving, where can people go to support your creative endeavors? You know, rather than that, I'd rather the way that they can do that is go do it. Go be creative themselves. Okay. Do that. You'll find me. I'm always around. (laughs) I'm ubiquitous. (laughs) It's not a P word, but it's a good word. It's not a P word. It's not a P word. Yeah. Brenton's just floating around. Um, yeah, which is, uh, well, not after Hawaii, uh, and, <laughs> and COVID I've gained like 500 pounds. So I don't float anymore. <laughs> I think, I think I'm literally rolling out of my apartment every day, mm-hmm. and, which is good. Cause I can just roll down the steps. And yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, what, what's her face from, um, uh, Charlie and the chocolate factory. Oh, Walk, uh, uh-huh. Was that Veruca Salt who blew up to, no, no, that was, um, no, she went down the. Um, she went down the, yeah. Good um, 90s band, Baruch Assault. Oh, is that a band? Yeah, it's a female band. Oh, female that's cool. Band, Baruch Assault, yeah, it's a big 90s band. alternative thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highly recommend them. Oh, I should check them out. I, I'll send you a link. Yeah, please do. You know, su- support the arts. Don't support me. I'm just me. Well, I love that. I think everybody should take a page from that book and be, just help each other and create yourself. So... Thanks for chatting with me. Hey, it was it was a long chat. Uh, thanks for for taking the time and thanks for spilling my coffee. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. It's always a pleasure. And it is all mine. Oh man, that was a long one. That was Brenton Burgess, and he is the vice president of the newly founded Time Fray Productions. I sincerely hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Just for reference, that's how all of our conversations go, and if I don't end them, we either run out of time or they just go on and on and on, which is very entertaining. So, thanks for taking a peep into our friendship and into Brenton's world. And while you're at it, I think you should take some of his advice, and also Nike's advice, and just do it. Just do the thing that you are thinking about and itching to try, so long as it's authentic to you and not harmful to to others. I've had to come to terms with doing something is better than doing nothing, for most things, most creative endeavors, and 
that you have to take small steps forward in order to progress. So just get started and get started now in whatever tiny baby step way you can. Because eventually I think that effort will snowball into, into real progress. A saying I've really enjoyed lately is, it's better than perfect, it's done. I've been honestly trying to live by that and haven't been regretting it. So get something done, show it to people, learn from it, make something better, just get it done. And while it seems like a ways away, there's really no time to waste. So what better time to start than now? If you would like to attempt to follow Brenton, you can read a little bit about his role in Time Fray Productions and all of their other exciting endeavors on their website, which is timefrayproductions.com. And you can also read a little bit about Brenton and my experience with creativity on the accompanying Substack article, which is going to be up at some point, but it's not going to be up tonight in its full form. There'll be a little something there to, to launch, but if you're listening to this in the way future, it's already there, so go check it out. Regardless of if you're seeing the creativity article in its still developing work in progress state or its final polished form, you can subscribe to the Let Me Play project on Substack and follow us along on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube at the Let Me Play project. So, good news, my Taco Bell order finally arrived from DoorDash, so that's exciting. For the rest of the evening, I intend to fully appreciate and to savor everything in front of me. This hotel room, this Taco Bell that I have to heat up in the microwave, this creativity that I'm working on now, and the fact that I get to go to work again tomorrow on a project that I'm really loving working on. So I'm gonna go do all of those things and get ready to share this episode with you. So we'll be back next week, of course, with another word and another friend. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. And of course, as always, thanks for playing. Thanks for playing.